Fuck you. Because he's the mayor. I should let it roll, but I don't know if I don't if I want this episode to just start out the gate with fuck you. That's right. What if, you. what if what if Sally Thimbleton is showing this podcast to her her nine year old kid? All right, little Johnny, you ready for some explicit material? Fuck <laughs> yeah. you! Pop quiz: Flynn Taggart is from what video game? Yeah, you don't know. He's See, from, when I put you on the spot, you don't know shit. He's from uh, you don't know fucking shit about video Fatal games. Fury. What? <laughs> Streets of Rage. Flynn Taggart is not from a video game at all. It's the it's the character name his given name is, to the Doom guy Flynn. in the Doom novel. His name is Flynn Flam. Flynn Flam. Pop quiz. What video game do you fight Flan in? Every game. Oh my god. He's a secret boss. Pop quiz. What game lets you play as Tofu? Uh, Resident Evil 2? No. Yes. You're wrong. Bet money. This is... This, the, oh, I win. Burger oh, I time. do know more about Burger games time. than you do. It was Burger Oh, you time. are unqualified to do a video game podcast. Fuck you. Nobody likes you. Everybody loves me. Nobody likes you. I'm the sexy knowledge guy. And really? you're the dirty... Dirty guy. Violent guy. <laughs> <laughs> dirty violent guy. That's you know, what I am. When we're around episode 70 or 80 and we have a, uh, we have like a billboard up somewhere, we have to figure out how we're going to stand. Like, are we going to stand like side by side? We're going to do back to back. Is with it with our arms crossed? Yeah, with our arms crossed. That's my favorite. Looking at the camera. Are we going to do something? Are we going to have like, are we going to like point our, point our fingers at the camera with like guns? Or, or we can do like one of those ones where it's like dark and there's like a line down the middle and we're both like leaning forward with our heads tucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And our faces are like darkened. And we're like, mm-hmm. like You know what I mean? I like like face off kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to think of the slow. And then like as you drive by, the holograph changes and it, into a kiss. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what is going to be the slogan on our billboard? It'll be like, look at the goddamn road. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have an audio podcast. You don't need to be reading shit. Just listen. <laughs> like, I know what the fuck little... are you doing? Put your eyes back on the road. <laughs> eyes on the road, asshole. End of time cast. <laughs> <laughs> and then they drive by the hog graph and they, they make, make them look even more. <laughs> We'd cause so many wrecks. They'd be fucking dead. Like, quit looking. Quit trying to look. Quit trying to look. <laughs> All it, it, we're trying there. to catch his kissing. <laughs> Instead of trying to get people to listen to podcasts, we're trying to kill people that don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> That's the purpose of the ads. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. We're so fucking happy to be here today. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Woo. Somebody did a little bit too much cocaine. (laughs) Cocaine. Any amount is too much. I'm just saying a little bit too much. Are you a a worthy candidate of judgment when it comes to the levels of cocaine? I am. How? Because I do like Scarface amounts of cocaine. (laughs) What What was that video we were watching? 
the uh that crazy sort of overweight guy that does the show crazy overweight guy <laughs> that does a show you yeah, you you just make me dig on these podcasts, man. You're like, yeah, let me put you on the fucking spot. The guy that had the crazy conspiracy theories and shit. Crazy conspiracy theories. He went guy. on Joe Rogan's show and did this two minute speech. Oh, you're talking about fucking Alex Jones. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> you're out. Al- you just Alex Jones did. I said, how do you qualify this? Co- cocaine's too much, and you were like, just because. Just because. That's how Alex Jones does it. Joe, Joe Rogan's like, how do. What? Where's your evidence for all this? Oh, that's just the way it is. That's just right. how it is. That's how it is. That's how it is. <laughs> He's like, you just can't say shit like that. How do you know this? It's just how it is. Yeah. It's fucking. Oh, I would love. Podcast it. is turning the frogs gay. I would love. <laughs> Stood it out there. I will. Totally, Facts. I will burn ten minutes of this episode just playing that because that is that is fucking awesome. If you ever want to hear. A conspiracy theory that that will sit there and have you it'll have you like rubbing your chin going you know he's making points and then suddenly it takes a left turn you're like wait left what? turn straight what? into crazy what? town and you're like oh no and he's like oh no you're already buckled in you gotta what? listen to the rest <laughs> when did vampire pedophiles get into this uh, what <laughs> look up they made a deal with the devil <laughs> Now Look up a guy named Alex Jones. I'm pretty sure he has his own Oh, I'm podcast. pretty sure anybody who's everybody knows who this motherfucker yeah. is. Well, if you don't, you should look up anything and everything by Alex Jones. But the specific thing that we're talking about is a very small segment where he went on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Joe Rogan was like, give me this give me this conspiracy theory you got going on. Joe Ro- and uh, Alex Jones was like, buckle in, bitch. I'm about to tell you what it's about. <laughs> he's about he, and he he's like, I'm like, cranking this up to... Five thousand. Yes. He he takes a deep breath and just goes for like ten minutes, and it all actually kind of fits. And then he just goes off the rails. And I mean, and even Joe Rogan's like, dude, you. What, he he like every once in a while, every like thirty seconds of talking, he like goes, oh, okay, okay, I can kind of see that. Or wait, you can't just fucking say that. <laughs> you ha- you have to like back that up with like evidence and stuff. Yeah. Check it out. It's it's definitely worth a good entertainment, well, good entertainment piece of. Uh, it's it's about ten minutes long. It's not too bad, but it's it's definitely hilarious. Adam, you're on the spotlight again, sir. You got to start talking about what you did this week because the audience wants to know. They have they want to know what I did. You want me to go first this week? Yeah. Directly, it said, "What the fuck has Adam been doing?" And I said, "I." I don't know, man. He'll tell you. They don't, they don't know what I've been doing. Probably a doing. whole lot of nothing. Man, I got three kids and I beat them constantly. So that's, that's, I mean, you know, it's 90% of my of, off time right there. Adam's week, a week of child beating. That's right. You know, if you'd raise your kids better, you wouldn't have You know, to if you so beat much. them, if you beat them real good, they, they <laughs> stop moving and stop doing bad shit. That's the trick. You beat them just enough to where they stop moving, but not so much that they stop moving forever. It's getting, this is getting dark. It is. Besides child beating, did you do anything <laughs> over here? Oh, look, oh, this weekend reviews are not pressure. If you didn't do anything, you can eh, be no, like, no, eh, no. not really. I've been going be more into Fallout 4, trying to go back there. I never did any of like, the extra content to it. I've been going back in there. To, to be totally out. honest with you, I'm just right now, I'm so burnt out on these fucking long RPGs because I had so many like in a row. Yeah. 
Oh man, I go and I play like a little bit of Witcher, and I'm like, uh, and I play a little bit of well, Mass like Effect and Andromeda. I'm like, man, it's understandable with, with even if you only played Witcher three. Witcher three is fucking daunting. Yep. If you stay on that bitch daily for the long run and just work, and I mean work, not just oh I'm gonna go fuck around and go kill an animal or two and then go. I'm talking about if you work at the game mm-hmm. and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, it gets daunting yep, that's why going, oh, when man. i beat it i was like not because i don't like this game just because i'm done with it i'm done with this <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> see i and i'm i plan on going through both expansions oh yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride you're gonna like that i just story. gotta get i gotta get that fire back in me to just sit down and pound this fucking game out right now i'm just like Ugh. i'm still trying to go through mass effect it's not that i hate it or anything it's just it's, you know it's one more quest. Yeah. One more. Go here. Kill this. Grab that. Take a shit. Come back to the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh no, the guy turned evil. Oh no, the guy's happy. Oh no, what? A, it's just you know. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. The game is has a lot of side quests. So I'm gonna put that out there, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of the same. Are they worth it? The content is not. When the content's on its game, it's good. Yeah. When the content is not on its game, it's not good. Mm-hmm. So it's really hit or miss. That's what I'm going to say. That's probably going to be my final review for Mass Effect Andromeda is very hit or miss. When it did stuff right, it did stuff great. Mm-hmm. When it did stuff bad, eh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it, I'm not, I'm not saying that Bethesda has better games or better storytelling, but when it, when Mass Effect Andromeda decides that it's going to bottom out, it does it dip below, <laughs> it dips below, you know, Bethesda levels of fucking acceptability. Yeah. Where the game is like, you know, Bethesda, you walk in, you get the brand new game, a Bethesda game on launch, mm-hmm. Fallout or, or Skyrim or whatever. And you play, you launch that son of a bitch and the guy's head turns around backwards for no reason. <laughs> That's a feature. Yes. Okay. That is a feature. Everybody's going to fucking love it. Yep. You know, and they're going to be mean, good memes about it fucking made the next day. Like, oh man, the giant knocks you 4,000 feet up in the air for no fucking reason. Yeah. He does an overhead smash, smashes you into the ground. You bounce up off the ground, go into space. Yep. No, Bioware, you can't play that game. Yep. You can't have this shit happen. This is have not you- your. This is not your bag. This is not your realm of expertise. I'm gonna. I, it's so bad because this is audio podcast, so the audience can't participate. But have you seen the Major League Baseball glitch from I don't know when, like last year, year before? No. It's MLB the game. Oh God. It's a. This is a Major League Baseball game. Okay. You, and they okay. had a. It's nightmare fuel. No, oh, is it? Oh. Yeah. What happens? Uh, I'm trying to, f- uh, the show is what it is. So for all those out there in the audience, uh, whenever you're not driving, <laughs> Google, uh, Major League Baseball, the show glitch. Uh, the first bunch of images you see, you see, you see. show you exactly what we're talking about. Viewer discretion advised. If you don't sleep, it's not our fault. <laughs> oh God, Jesus. Oh God. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That, these are glitches in the game. Wow. Oh, it's that worse. is some straight up like beyond Dark Souls level scary <laughs> shit right there. Yes. It looks like he's like, it, one of them looks like a nut. 
that has come to life, and the other one looks like a burn victim or okay, something. Okay, so in the image that I have here of side by side, I've got one You have to that post has, that on the Facebook page. Yeah, I have one. And this is apparently back in 2015, if I saw that date right. But the one on the left is the hair, this big hair knot. And I've heard that that hair actually stretches all the way across the field. Wow. It, it so it's like the Cthulhu of nuts. Yes. And both it's like of a these, it's like a living Cthulhu testicle. Both of these you can see in motion. Uh. Yes, like the eyes blink, the head looks around. Oh man, it's not good. These are the glitches that I, I don't know. I don't know if this was in uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, it's nowhere near this. <laughs> oh, it's no, that looks like Jason Voorhees unmasked. It, <laughs> That's what it looks like when Jason takes it off. Look at that. He's like, yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it look yes, like Jason Voorhees? Oh. <laughs> when he turns it sideways, it's, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for anybody that, that now is, maybe this will actually generate feedback. That's what y'all know. I looked at that shit. I couldn't sleep. Took a oh, oh, God. Horrible. But yeah, that's, uh, when, when these games go down in legacy, when they go down in history, that's what Andromeda's gonna be known for. Yeah, well, I get to feel it. Mass Effect 3 will be known for, man, they dropped the ball on the ending. Mass Effect Andromeda, you remember that glitchy shit? Yep, you remember, you remember my face is tired? Doom, Doom, Doom 2016, man, remember that fucking, remember how they revamped Doom and made it awesome and, they brought Mick Gordon in and did that awesome soundtrack, Witcher 3. Oh, man, the, the, the world got bigger. You got to use more spells. The story was great. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> you remember all them glitches? So bad. Rip. So sad. Rip. So sad. And the thing is, is it's worse than that mm-hmm. because of what happened to Bioware Montreal. You know? Yeah. But this was Bioware Montreal's first attempt at making a game by themselves. Mm-hmm. Making like a flagship title. And you know what EA did? EA said, you're back to a support studio. And they immediately fucking sent all these fucking people back in their holes. Mm -hmm. And I I get it, you know. It was... Something was fundamentally wrong for the game to get to that point in that way. Yep. Something was fundamentally wrong. Had to be. Even though I'm anti-EA to a degree, I can understand the corporate side of what they did. They did their own damage control. Yeah, well, what they did was they said, you know what? Mass Effect's going to be on hiatus, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make sure that these people get a lot more experience in a lot lower positions. Yep. That one guy, that one, I hope he loses sleep over this. Really? Yeah. The guy that was like, yeah, go ahead and ship it now. It's okay. Yeah, let's just go, let's just go ahead and ship it now. He probably lost his job over this. I'm pretty sure they just quietly fired him. <laughs> but then again, the guy who actually, I don't know if you actually followed any of this, like, <laughs> oh man, it was a, it was a shit show. The guy who, the guy who was like one of the lead guys on it, you'll have to, you'll probably have to Google it, but, the lead designer was just a giant fucking racist. Wow. Like, he really hated white people. What? It was, like, all over his Twitter. Wow. You know? And okay. It was, 
And it was, it was just like out of left field. Like, okay, well, man, you make video games. Everybody plays video games. Video games was like the one place where everybody just fucking chills the fuck out and has fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, no, not him. Wow. And there were rumors that, you know, his staff was kind of in that way, you know, like, and you start looking at like, it, it starts making you like double think when you're walking around. You're like, man, there sure are a whole lot of chicks with unnatural hair colors here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There sure are, you know, a lot of, you know, racial fucking plot lines in this game, mm-hmm. more so than usual in a Mass Effect game. Yeah, because usually there, those are there, but there's there shouldn't be an absurd amount of them. You yeah, know? and you're like, oh, okay. you start double thinking. I don't want to do that while I'm playing a game. Exactly. You Me know, either. I don't. I just want to sit back and have fun with the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can't. I, I, to me, once that information came to light, and that was only just recently, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've noticed this, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I really don't want to. Yeah. I, re- I really don't want to have to think about Mass Effect that way every time I no. turn it on. And that was not the spirit. I think Mass Effect Andromeda really, its biggest failure was not capturing the essence of Mass Effect. Exactly. Um, I agree. It it dropped it something dropped that ball. Something inside of it mm-hmm. is just not. There's a fire that was there that is no longer there. Yeah. <clears throat> also, the aftermath of this Andromeda compared to something recent, the uh, the game that you've been harping about, the Friday the Thirteenth game. Yeah. You have you heard about it? What happened recently? Oh, what? So, uh, and I don't follow this game because I have little to no interest in it, just because of personal thing. Uh-huh. I just, I'm not. I'm not interested. That's because you hate good games. Sure, I got you. whatever. But I now I, I may not. I may have no interest in the game, but I am interested in any game that gets a huge following and is a success. Mm-hmm. You know, as in people say they want this and they fund money to make it happen. It was a it, Kickstarter game. Yes. Yes. Uh, so apparently, and I gleamed all this from a fellow podcast. I'm not quoting this from news that I read, but apparently they had, they were anticipating like a certain amount of thousand people, like 30, 40, some number like that. And 80, 70 to 80,000 people bought the game. So their servers are, (laughs) yeah, the sucky part. Now this is, this is going to be where a golden story comes from it. This is not a bad thing in a way because. So their demand is way more than their anticipation. Yeah. This game, it has a solo player part to it, a solo campaign. Yeah. But the solo campaign is actually coming later. So the game is only playable right now online. So the fact that their servers are going, oh, is bad because people can't play the game. The devs, it's a 12-man team. And Jeez. they are, they are devastated. I mean, they're, they're on like everybody's Twitter, everybody's Facebook, everybody's comment. They're like, we are so sorry. We're not, we haven't had sleep in two days. Like we're, we're barely eating. We're trying to work with this people and this, this company trying to get, to get this service. shit straight. We yeah. are doing everything in our 12 man team power to make this happen. And we are so sorry that we, cause we want this to be played. Yeah. We want you guys to have fun with this and the fact that, you know, it's not being able to play right now. Now, on the bigger scope, <clears throat> sorry, and I didn't Patreon this or Kickstarter, so I can't say shit. Yeah. Maybe 
they should have delayed this until they actually had the solo campaign. I don't think they because knew. Because the only way you can play it right now is online. I think they were, well, here's the thing. There was a lot of drama was during there? the development of the game, yeah. I, I saw, I, 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 you followed it I followed way it, more I, than me. So I, I followed know. it, but I didn't, I didn't keep my finger on the pulse or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just checked back every, you know, month or so. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember Friday the 13th game is coming out. Let me check that and see yeah. what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, people were getting on to the developers like, oh, this game ain't never coming out. You took everybody's money. <sighs> blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Here we go. And, you know, they would respond like, no, you know, what the fuck you're talking about? We're getting the game out. It's coming out. Yeah. Here's the release date. Mm-hmm. And when they finally came out with the release date, they were kind of under the gun to make sure they hit that fucking release date. Yeah. But I don't think they, I mean, if you get, this happened to Infinity Ward on Modern Warfare 2. I don't remember if you, hey, do you remember that? It happened on Diablo 3. It happens on a lot of good games. It happened to WoW. It happened to WoW, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is not a, when you're, when something far exceeds expectations mm-hmm. and they crash your servers. Yep. You know, that, you should always over-engineer your servers. Yes. That's the, that's the lesson I've learned out you of You and I as MMO players, we know, especially, especially close to and around a patch or a, an expansion coming, you need to boost them numbers because people are coming. Yeah. And you don't want anybody, whether they're new people or a Especially the veterans that this is their life, you know, uh-huh. their second life. That shit needs to be working. And you, it's real hard for us paying people to go, okay, so you were expecting 70,000, you had 250. That's not my problem. Yeah. You should have anticipated four times what you, but well, it's, may, well, it's money mean, and that's servers and that's Well, money. I mean, maybe they, maybe they were expecting 70, they put in enough for 150, but they got 200. Yeah. You know, and now their shit's like, man, man. Yeah. So, eh, I mean, you know, I can fault them to a degree. You can't fault them for, you know, better than average success. Yeah. And, yeah. Far exceeding expectations. And we're also, if, if, if we're strictly talking about where we are in this conversation right now, right now we're talking about Square Enix and, and Blizzard. Okay. Not they a 12 af- man team. They can afford to go, Oh, here is a 7% of my stock in the company. Go build more servers. As it was a 12 people going, man, we're trying. <laughs> Twelve people in like a, you know, an apartment, like slapping some fucking cables yes. together, trying to build a server, calling you physically know, high build a server, server places. They're like, like running, to, making a raid on Best Buy. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, no, not the same thing, not even a little bit. So but, it's it's it is it's always nice to it, it sucks that that game is kind of wonky right now, and I'm sure it'll get iron. It's going to get ironed out eventually, but I'm. Um, Always happy to see a company that says, guys, we got a great game. Here's what we've been doing. Thank you for donating money. Here's the game. Oh, it broke. I, we're fucking sorry, and we are working on it. As opposed to, here's the game. Oh, it didn't work. Well, that, we got our money. The beautiful thing about this is this was a game made by fans for the fans. Mm-hmm. They went really into this. Mm-hmm. They went really really far into this mm-hmm. just to get it, make sure it absolutely happened the way it needed to. Yeah. They, they took the, one of the original directors of the movies. They took, um, Kane Hodder, the guy who was Jason in part seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. and ten. So Jason seven through Jason 
in space or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> Jason <laughs> Universe. Jason versus NASA. Jason, <gasps> Jason versus the Reapers. Bruh. Oh, Jesus. Now you think about that shit. Jason can't die. Yeah. So the Reapers could try, but he would just I, come back. They'd have to indoctrinate him. <laughs> the Jason is stalking in the, just like he's just in a Reaper, just walking the hall. Oh, he's in me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason just goes randomly, just stabs random like holes in the. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! No! No! Has to send indoctrinated like people inside of the inside of a, of a reaper, and he's they just, just get killed. He's like, I sent like six people in there, and they're dead. And he keeps stabbing me. Ow! <laughs> Kill this motherfucker! Ow! <laughs> he gets a hold of an omni blade. <laughs> oh, oh, Jason Voorhees with an omni blade. Jesus. Omni, Omni Chainsaw. You're a goddamn genius. I am. Now we got now we know the DLC. Now we know what game you're gonna make at the end of this podcast. <laughs> Jason Voorhees got like a giant Make weed. fun of the thirteenth in space for real. Make it good. <laughs> well that the, because they had all these people, they did have a bunch of Kickstarter goals. I don't know how many they met, but Yeah. They had one for the Jason in Space level. Mm-hmm. Like, that was going to be a part of the game. I don't know if it's still going to be a part of the game, but it was definitely one of the goals they put on Kickstarter. Yeah. Was to have, uh, you know, they've got, uh, and the cool thing is, like, when you spawn as Jason, you get to pick which Jason you want to be. Mm-hmm. So you can be, like, the part fucking two Jason with the bag over his head, and, mm-hmm. or you can be the, you know, the undead Jason, you know, from whichever part. And they all have different skills and abilities. Yeah. Like, some of them, they're teleport goes faster some of them want you know some of them can run some of them can't yeah you know because undead jason never ran Mm-mm. at all mm-hmm. it was really cool yeah. really really cool and i and i'd been waiting for a game like this to come out where you were the murderer and you could just go around fucking people up i man i don't know as an as an outside person that takes part of the 13th for what it is and it's it's not you know the biggest uh thing out in Horrorville. Uh, maybe it's because of the Friday 13th motif. Maybe that's what it is. But I think if, as somebody who doesn't care about this that much at all in a respectful way, not, ah, fuck it, it's a piece of shit. I, I know it's going to be good. If If you are vaguely interested in this, it should be showcased for the gameplay. The gameplay is where this game is. It's great that it's a really good tribute to Friday the 13th, but let's be real. Who really cares about Friday the 13th today? There's a lot of hardcore fans. There are hardcore fans. and they're, they're hey, Look, the horror movies is a big deal. They have they their are. own horror awards. They're just a, it is a genre of films. I'm not knocking horror no, oh, I'm not. I'm you're just es- saying you're less. You're escalating that four levels I'm, above. What I'm, I'm escalating I'm it. If, I'm taking it there. It's if we're, we're going to the mat. Talking about this was a game by fans for the fans. Yeah, I would think as the United States, even the world is considered Friday the Thirteenth is a very small niche. It is it's a. It is a pillar of horror. 
I equate, I almost it equated is, is, to, hey, we're making an Apocalypse Now game. It I'm is, like, who the fuck cares about Apocalypse Now? The Apocalypse Now was a, you know, one-off movie. A lot of people, a lot of casual people liked it. And like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. But hard, Friday the 13th movies are ones where you're like, oh, yeah, man, blah, 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 blah. It, it was a huge series, man. It was decades ago not so long ago it still had movies made in the 2000s my the reason why i'm saying all this is because when you actually look at the game play when you see the mechanics of the game when you see the way the game is played out the game itself is great yeah that's where that's why people should want to play this friday the 13th is a eh, no friday 13th i think is the best part of it Imagine if this was because the same this game, game with aliens. This game wouldn't exist. This yeah. game is what the alien game should have been. Well, it yeah, be it is. It is exactly what the alien game should exactly. have been. But here's my here's my thing. They've made aliens is another property where you're like, oh well, that's one shitty title in a shitty genre. Uh, Alien Covenant that just came out would say different, even though Alien Covenant is it's one one shitty movie. They made a, made a video game about a shitty, shitty movie. Shitty, terrible I movie. Would, <laughs> I would Who, wager this. Who's really a this. fan of Aliens? You know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn to the audience for this one. Please leave us a comment or send us an email and let me know. If we're talking popularity or if we're talking about which one do you prefer more, what do you care more about, the Aliens universe or the Friday the 13th universe? Pretty sure yeah. the aliens are going to win out. No, you're comparing the you're comparing the strength of aliens to the the non strength of a fucking horror franchise. Let me, I'm, let me, I'm saying this because let's look at how they did as films. Okay, let's look at them in terms of their media, not in terms of their story or content. Oh, that's what like, I'm talking about. When you look at the aliens universe and the mm-hmm. aliens movies, mm-hmm. okay, they were more story centric than a slasher film ever will be. It could be Nightmare on Elm Street. It could be whatever. There's no giant outside world. Yeah. And when they put that shit into a horror movie, it makes it terrible. But they put the world of Friday the 13th into this game. Yeah. Okay, well, they could do the same thing with Aliens. I think they put they much put, better. They put the concept, the core concept of the movies, which was... Fucking serial killer goes around, kills fucking Somewhat teenagers. Somewhat immortal thing is chasing yes. you and trying to kill yeah, trying you to... one by one. Yes. Yeah. And they'd have no defense against it. Yeah. That's that The difference between aliens conceptually and why I would probably choose a different type of game for aliens, mm-hmm. although I would use some of the same mechanics. Um, Like, a space marine has a gun. Well, hold on now. A space marine has technology on his side Think and a wide range of wep- a wide, wide array of weapons to use let's hold on i'm not talking about space marines i haven't i admittedly haven't seen alien or aliens in decades so okay. if i'm not mistaken if i'm mistaken let me know but in the original alien wasn't ripley and all the other ones around her weren't they all like basically scientists i don't think they were space they marines. were like space like they truckers were like or travelers something. Or they were truckers. Trucker, truckers, bingo. Yeah. So there you go. They don't have to be Marines. Okay. Well, they still had tech. And they, get, they still had guns. They have access they to it. They had flamethrowers. Well, but they still got to get to it. So an alien could stop them. Okay. Well, I'll, um, 
If but if you're not basing this you, solely off an alien movie, you're only basing that off the first movie. If you're doing that, what, that only that's the what first. I'm saying movie. there's an example of where you don't have to do it that way. You could be okay. fucking botanist, a botanist, a scientist, a well, I'm astro- saying that. astrologian, and nine other things. None of the characters astrologian. on this spaceship going. Yeah, Final Fantasy 14, bitch, suck it. You send these people out in space, and they're on. They're, think of Van. Think of Van. You haven't seen it yet, but think of the Alien Covenant movie. You don't. They don't have to be Marines at all. They're on a peacekeeping mission, or they're on a discovery mission. Up, oh, Alien gets dropped in their ship somehow. We don't have fucking guns. We're here to. We're here to find life on other planets. Okay. Well, when we compare, survive, when we compare the two series, I can make this game. When we compare, I can make this game, but I wouldn't rip out the soul of one movie to put it on another movie and pretend that that was a good thing. Um, the idea of a look at how the film sold. Mm-hmm. How many aliens movies did they make? Aliens movies? Yeah. One, two, three, the Re- resurrection, Prometheus and covenant. I'm going to say there's either there's six or seven. Okay. I'm going to say it's six. They had eight. While I was in the second grade, Friday the Thirteenth. Wow. Okay, and yeah. they've come out with like four more since then. Yeah. This game has had I mean, did not game, but this series has had a lot of uh. Like I said, this has had a lot of it gets a lot of traction. It's just a personal thing for me. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that I hate Friday the Thirteenth, but I just I I'm see saying that there's the a fan go, base out there. There's a fan base out there, and they mm-hmm. wanted to be catered to. Yeah, and they, this game and they showed they this wanted game to be catered appealed to that. with their wallet. Alien, which is great. Aliens has had games, lots of games made off of it, and they and they're some are some of them are pretty good, some of them are not so good at all. Yeah, you could make. I mean, the Alien Isolation game. What I could tell was fucking awesome. Yep. You know, um, but is that the one where the one alien was stalking? Yeah, you, you like walk around and it just like fucking murder kills you. And what sold? Area. What sold the game for me was that was that creep factor. That oh shit, it's around here somewhere. What killed it for me is hearing that yeah, it's like that until you die to that alien like five or six times, and then you realize the pattern that he does, and you learn the pattern, you move on. You go to the next area, you die a bunch of times, he does the same exact pattern, you figure out the pattern, oh, let me flip this switch, oh, let me push this button, oh, let me slide under the table, oh, move on to the next area. That, yeah. I understand why, but Well, that maybe the game should just cut off after the fourth death and not let you learn it, and just be like, you died. <laughs> you turn the game back on, it's like, nah, you're dead, bitch. Yeah. Now, any any game with without, like... Amazing mechanics mm-hmm. and a huge, robust system behind it is gonna eventually you're gonna spot the pattern. Yeah, you can beat the machine because your brain your brain has a little bit more processing power than have it does. Have you even have you played a demo of the Friday the Thirteenth game, or have you just seen? Game I have watched people. I've watched like live streams and let's plays. Tell me the interesting things about this game, not solely Friday the Thirteenth specific, but things about this game that made you go. Oh hell yeah! Things what, that, what got you interested in the in the, the thing that made, got me interested was it was, um, what was that one game? Prey, where you made you had the one guy with that monster, and then you had the hunters that tried. All the other players were hunters, and they had one player that was evolve. Evolve, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like it, the gameplay is like that. You have one player that's Jason, and then you have all the other people are counselors. Uh huh. Okay, and you have to go around and basically just 
completely fuck up all the other people. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Yeah. Well, if you look at it, if you look at the way, <clears throat> if the way the game is set up is the counselor and here, I have some, some qualms about the way the gameplay is. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have gone about it a little bit differently. What I would have, with the way it works right now is the game starts and you're given a little cutscene, shows Jason murder, do something he never ever does in any of the movies. He murdered what now? And just, he walks up into like a group of people at like the kumbaya campfire moment. Uh huh. And he just like straight axe murders one of them. And so they all scatter. Huh. Okay. So you start off as a counselor knowing that Jason is there mm-hmm. and like, Trying to fucking escape. Mm-hmm. That's your whole objective is get the fuck out of this camp. Yeah. Well, you see, my my thing about that is that that's never how a Friday the 13th movie goes down. You never have all the counselors fucking know that Jason's yeah. there. Usually because it's, man, that's a, somebody got fucking slaughtered. Was it a bear, a wolf? I don't know. It looks like a knife wound. And then somebody else dies, and it's like, man, what? Who's, or they just disappear, and they, nobody yeah. really, really, you know, only like the last two to four people know that there's a killer on losing. It's too fucking late for them. Yep. So, what I would have done is I'd have made you play mini games. I'd, but I'd have had Jason sit back Adam's and development corner. I'd have, yeah, I'd have had Jason sit back and basically gain more power. And the longer he he could choose, Jason chooses when to initiate combat. Mm-hmm. And Jason would be like, "I'm gonna spawn right here, mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, murder this one person who's isolated, and you know disappear them." Mm-hmm. You would have no way of knowing that the other counselors were dead at all yeah. you'd have no interaction with the other counselors oh, unless man. you were in direct contact like a human being in the fucking 80s mm-hmm. no cell phone you know maybe you can get a walkie-talkie there's a walkie-talkie in the game mm-hmm. so there's that but yeah, i would make them walk around and they'd have to actually talk to each other within proximity they would get points for going out and doing stupid shit <laughs> They would be like, one guy has like a, he starts off and like they have each individual little quests Uh and it's like chop wood and he goes out there and he chops wood and the more wood he chops, the more experience he's getting. So he's getting something to level up his counselor Mm -hmm. for the next game. Mm -hmm. So he's like, ding, ding, five, 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 every piece of wood, he's getting five, 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 and the quest switches and it goes to go take a shower and he's going to take a shower and it's five. Couple seconds later, <laughs> sudden up for points. <laughs> yeah, he suds up. He's press press A to suds up. Suds up. Suds up. Suds up. Press so, A to scrub. Tap A repeatedly to scrub your balls. <laughs> so you know, and you know, we no do it, no doing cens- no censoring this, right? No censoring. It's full full you on. You can watch the dick swinging, and you can watch the, the counselors the fucking bounce tits tits everywhere. Fucking. So usually, it would be a slasher film. So all of the female. All the female counselors are the, going to always be picked. And if, <laughs> and you're, man, I'm tired of being the last one to pick. I'm always stuck with a dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're all listening out around me, and I'm just sitting here like, oh, I guess I'm going to take a shower. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, they'd have, like, uh, you know, dancing and all the other, other bullshit that would go on. And the longer it went on, 
the more points they would give. So mm-hmm. maybe it goes from like five points in action to 10 points in action to 25 points in action, you know. And the entire time, Jason is just, the longer he goes and picks off people without alerting the other counselors, because mm-hmm. the moment one counselor spots a dead body, the jig is up. Right. I like okay. That. So as soon as that happens, you go into the mode where the game actually starts. Mm-hmm. So Jason is trying to ninja murder people. Right. In horrible, brutal ways. Mm-hmm. And he's getting points for that. Mm-hmm. For, you know, killing this person stealthily to where no one could find their body. No one could blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he does something that he always did, which is like hang the body up by a tree. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know? I think to, I think an additive would be when you have them doing their quests, they, when they finish the quest, they have to go somewhere and every, and that somewhere always goes to where they're going to be able to somehow be interacting with somebody. Yeah. They would be, the quests would like try to lead people towards each other. Yeah. So if I have Adam over in the left chopping wood and I'm over at the right repairing a boat, the longer I'm sitting there repairing my boat, I'm like, man, Adam should have been over here 10 minutes ago. I could be thinking, man, maybe he's just back there chopping wood still. Maybe he's still getting more, or yep. that motherfucker might be dead. <laughs> and I could go, I'll go out of my way, but when I leave my zone of fixing the boat, number one, I'm losing experience because I'm not repairing the boat no more, but now I'm vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that, and the thing is, the longer you were doing this, the more of a multiplier you're building up for your escape. So if you escape, it's like a hundred fucking points. Yeah. Well, you got the five times multiplier, so that's a five hundred points. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or twenty five hundred points or something. You know. You have to add intensity in there because if we elevate ourselves out of this game, you want you want to reward the player for doing things that are likely to get them killed. Yes. That's, that's what, what you, I was getting. That's at. what you want to do. You want yeah. to reward the counselors. For making, for putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Is because to make, if you want to keep this game in its own canon, yeah. you don't want to always Jason have is, the characters going. You want them to be in the setting like the movie was, well, where they don't know a Jason's well, out there. Instead of you just being the player going, oh, well, I know Jason's well, you coming. Also end up, characters shouldn't know about you Jason. You also end up with weird situations where, okay, you kind of, and I, I kind of noticed this about this game, is they... Games devolve to one to a couple of different points. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, everybody goes and immediately looks out for car parts. Yeah. They want to find the battery, the gas, and the keys. Mm-hmm. As soon as they can do that, they put the battery in, they put the gas in, they, they get in the car, they drive the fuck out and leave. Yeah. Or they call the cops and then try to make it to the fucking See, cops. And, and the, or they, they call they, Tommy Jarvis and he shows up with a shotgun. That's my point is if, if in the outside of the game, you and I and players know that this is a Friday the Thirteenth game. We understand the point of it is that there is a killer. Well, what and you we don't want have to kill him or get the fuck away. I mean, well, that do, you would understand that eventually that evolves to. Oh, I heard a gunshot. Obviously, that gunshot means somebody's shooting at Jason. Let's all go find the safe point and get the fuck out of here. That, or that kind of. Or hey, like, let's all go get armed to the teeth and yeah. beat the fuck out of Jason because yeah. it's like eight on one. Yeah. I, that, uh, that, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't strike like oh shit moments. That's yeah. like let's go to the gun and shoot the guy. Now it becomes your PvP in this guy. Exactly, and that's not what you wanted. No, you need intensity in that game. You, you need, need that fear. You, you need, need it to be visceral. Yes, you know, yes. very very visceral. You want Jason to be there, and you're like oh fuck, and you got a split second decision, yep. decision left or right, up or down, whichever way you're fucking going. Mm-hmm. 
And then you put in the little stats, like, you know, and they have these stats in the game, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. Like, uh, composure is a stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a person loses their shit around Jason, you know, she starts tripping and yeah. she can't fucking swing the weapon oh, right. Cool. And, you know, well, now you're more motivated to get like the jock character that's like, I got high composure and a high strength and I will knock the living shit out of Jason. <laughs> so, you know, it, because in bre, in a real slasher film, if Jason walked up and smoked a fucking counselor right in front of all the other counselors, mm-hmm. There are two or three guys that will always go, nah, I'm going to go yeah, kick his ass. Yep. You hold him down, I'll fucking take his knife away yeah. and stab him. And they in the movies, they never do that because they A, don't know, or B, they're one-on-one versus Jason and they lose. Yeah. But two, three-on-one? Yeah. That boxer dude probably could have fucking fought Jason if he'd been hit with every other male lead in that movie. You know, he'd have been like, you know, I can solo Jason on my own for about 45, 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. So if I've got four or five other dudes helping me, yeah, yeah we're going to whoop his ass. Jason is supernaturally strong, but he's not that supernaturally strong. Yeah. Just little gameplay things that I would have, I would have tweaked. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I, I wasn't in charge of it. So yeah. maybe next time they'll, they'll pick me. I'll give the game a glance. I would. It's a, it looks like it's going to be fun even without the, even though it is the way it is, the gameplay looks fun. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got all kinds of different mechanics, like you can hide under beds and you can hide in closets and you can jump out windows and mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool when Jason will like smash the windows. There's a horror game that I just heard about. I think I heard about it through Easy Allies. Uh, yeah, I did because, uh, shit, I forgot the guy was talking about it. Anyway, have you heard of these two games called Outlast? Yes. Did you like an in, insane asylum or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I remember like night vision camera and your. Yeah, it, it puts you in like these scenarios where like shit's always in your face or always like freaking you out. Yeah. Always jumping out at you. Uh, Jump scares are cheap. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, let me let me. I haven't that's a, that's the way that's the way I feel. I like, haven't played these games, and I don't. I'm not trying to say that that's what these games are about. Mm-hmm. But the the I wish I could remember the guy's name. I, he, he one of the one of the uh, podcasts he did. He was talking about how the game is relentless. Yeah. Like the game keeps putting you in these scenarios where you're like, make this hard decision. All right, go, now make this other hard decision. Oh, oh, something's not, oh, you should, don't shoot that. You weren't supposed to shoot that. Or no, you should shoot that. And it's like, it's so much right after, like, he's like, there was mm-hmm. literally a point where I was getting so tense. I was getting so, oh shit, that I had to pause the game and put the controller down. Yeah. And now I want to play that. Yeah. I'm all about playing something like that. Oh yeah. So yeah. That's, I didn't mean to say like, there's want, always jump scares. I want to be, but, I want to play a horror game that's like Saw. Like it, Saw? Like Saw. Have you ever seen the Saw series? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean... I don't not, consider that like don't, intense, though, well, except for what, the scenes. Well, I mean, what it is, is it's not so much that, oh, no, the guy jumped out and grabbed him. The jeopardy of it. It's I, the jeopardy, uh, and yeah, you're yeah, constantly yeah. like, well, what the fuck would I do? Yeah. You know, what would I do in this situation? I would, uh, I'd probably do exactly what that dude's doing and he dies. Yeah, with a timer, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, oh, well, fuck. Man, <laughs> you know? I will never forget in any of those movies. I mean, the, 
I feel like they all escalated to let's see how gory we can make these scenarios, yeah. and let's wrap a loose story around it. That's yeah. how I took them. And when the thing about a horror movie one, is a horror movie should never focus on the story because the moment the story comes into focus, yep, you start going, okay, well here's all the holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers for Saw One, the movie. Admittedly, the story of that I did like because I loved at the end when the fucking dude stood up. I was like, "Oh shit!" And of course, I'm surrounded by friends that were like, "Saw that coming." I knew that I'm was so happen. glad that I am not that person. I hope I will never be that person because when that guy stood up, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah. that's good." He was sitting there the whole time. Ah, yeah. oh, he was like, "Game over." You slammed like, the door. This is my shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but the next one came out and the next one was okay okay yeah, yeah. and the next one all it started even, getting weirder and more story the trailers the trailers were here's a scenario here's a scenario here's a trap here's a thing and i'm like all right you guys have your shtick and you're rolling five six movies well that was the I cool thing it. about the friday the 13th series up until a point um up until about the I want to say the eighth movie before uh, New Line Cinemas took over. The mm-hmm. guys who owned Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. Paramount sold the sold the rights to the franchise to New Line Cinema, mm-hmm. and they took the character in a completely different direction. That's why you started seeing Jason goes to hell, yeah, Jason X, you know, Jason oh, versus Freddy, and Jason became less of a murderer and more of like a juggernaut mm-hmm. if that makes sense he yeah. was always a juggernaut but he wasn't he was a ninja juggernaut and this is not the first time this has happened you know you can look at the Die Hard series where you had john mcclain that was just a fucking dude and yeah. now he's a fucking world ultra badass. saving ultra jack badass dude and this man you're you're eh. taking the spirit you've amped this up, you've amped this up too high and it's it's jumped the shark look at the fast and furious movies oh, i know god. i know oh, the popcorn i know that they're garbage they're just throwaway movies i get it but even though you had street racers and they kind of did a cool thing to man we got a globe trot we got to save the world from nuclear disaster bullshit i'm like man Yep. You, you don't have to always up the game. This is where movies like, I don't know why we're doing a movie tangent, but here we go. Oh, we are. This is where, where movies like, like Dread, perfect. Dread took place in one fucking building. It was against one, one leader person. Yeah. And, and it's it, a and bunch this, of people. But it, here's Scenario, the thing. Scenario. Did you get like, in, get it done? Did you like Dread? Yes. You would fucking love Fallout. Mm-hmm. You would fucking love Fallout. Like Fallout 1? The, the game? The series. The Bethesda games, probably. Are you talking about... Fallout, the games. Well, I've had played Fallout. Have you? And you don't fucking see the resemblance? In Dread? Yeah. No. Wow! I'm not catching this. Wow. So... We're talking about the same dread, not Judge Dread, not the stupid sweat. Oh, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about dread. Yeah. With, uh, Where he was like, okay, let me go in this building and fuck these people up. Yeah. Okay. So you have and played I have the, to survive. So you have played the Fallout games, like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. I've and, played Fallout 3 all the way through. Yes. Okay. I am not. And making you aren't this. saying, you aren't seeing like, You'd walk in there and find like a raider camp with a named raider at the top of it. No, I'd cleared one. I cleared one yesterday. Adam, you like? Wait, 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 follow me, 
Follow I'm, me. I've already caught you. I'm already two steps ahead of you. Okay. Then tell me. I, the reason why I'm not comparing the two is because Dread, as a movie itself, takes place in one building. Yeah. Fallout 3 takes place in several buildings across an entire wasteland. Sure. The the point that I was focusing on when I I don't even what what led me to dread was that oh the essence of movies is that if here's how they can succeed making a dread two yeah he has to go into another place and it's just one maybe two buildings but that's it he's got one bad guy or one bad girl again he's got to take out it's not like a world ending fail where they would fail is we got to call in dread and dread comes in takes his helmet off sweats on his brow wipes it off what do you need oh we we just found out there's a nuclear weapon going off in china I guess it's time for me to get my guns out again. And I, I've got to call in my team of fellow dreadnoughts. And they fly over Dread, to China. Say, they fly over and then their jets assemble into a giant yes. robot dread. Yes. Yes. Because this is the most badass movie concept ever. Let's make this movie. When you keep a concept small and you just perfect that small concept, that's where you don't get, always have to I get where you're going with concept. that, but I was going more thematic. Yeah. Oh, the, now the theming wise, yes. The theming wise is perfect because it's like, here's this one raider leader mm-hmm. and they have their own little isolated story that's all about this one place they've been there. You can find like the computer terminals that tell you this person, you know, started out doing this and like the guy I was, you know, I went into this guy's place, you know, and he was like, I guess he got bit by a rabid dog. Uh-huh. So he killed the dog and the guy did it and slowly over time you watched him go crazy as he was like these people are conspiring against me i can hear them whispering mm-hmm. and so he starts like decapitating his own men and hanging them up on chains and shit and you're walking by all these guys on the way in mm-hmm. and you're like what the fuck is going on here that's a dead raider mm-hmm. and i'm fighting raiders did they just not like this dude and then oh what about this guy and why is this guy's head on a spike and you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You finally get down there and kill him, and you finally read the story to all what happened. Mm-hmm. And this guy went slowly fucking insane over time. Yeah. And, like, he went down to the bottom level of this basement level of this place, and he mm-hmm. was like, I'm looking for this monster. I know the monster exists. We've got to kill it. Oh, wow. And he's like, and eventually, this is the best fucking part. Mm-hmm. Eventually, his own men were like, because he had killed so many of them, they were just, they brought him a mascot head and said, Look, we killed it. Oh, wow. And he's like wearing the mascot head, oh. thinking that it's some beast that got killed. Wow. Yeah. Guy's completely fucking off his rocker. Man. So, you know, you're like, Wow. As he like, he's, he's got like all the heads surrounding his little throne. Mm-hmm. And he's like, They, they tell me the beast doesn't exist. Even after their deaths, <laughs> it's like they're, they're all mocking me still. And <laughs> it's like, whoa, dude. Well, to cap all that off, buddy, Friday the 13th sucks. And fuck cares. you. Fuck, fuck you. But I hope, fuck you. But, but I hope the game's okay. I hope, I hope. Also, a really quick tangent. If you do like Dread the movie, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you should really go check out The Raid and The Raid 2. I believe they're, I believe they're Cantonese mm. or Korean films, one of the two. But it's same scenario. There are cops in one building, and then they get locked the fuck in. And then everybody in that building wants them dead for whatever reason. And, and they, they got to get the fuck out. And apparently, I've watched the first one. I have not watched the second one yet. But they say the second one apparently is better than the first one. So if you like Dread, go check those two movies out. Should be good for you. Cool beans. Does he get mind raped? Like that chick in the Dread movie? Uh, no. Damn. No. 
man, everything about Dread was so good. <laughs> I love that movie, man. It got super rapey there for a second. Dread. Uh, it was like, wow, I'm kind of uncommon. I'm like having to shift in my seat. Like, if man. we ever had like a, a movie cast one day where we just did like a topic of what movies just came out of the blue and like knocked your socks off, that was one of them. Uh-huh. Because I knew what Judge Dread was and I knew what the movie Judge Dread was. And I saw this and I was like, eh. Bleh, who cares about it? It's me. The Sylvester Stallone was very corny, and then I watched it and was like, "Oh, oh, oh you guys took this shit seriously." And when you did, it was totally, totally awesome. Totally awesome, exactly. So, uh, how was your weekend? My week's been pretty good. Uh, beat Sweet Code and one. Had a good time with it. Finally, you finally beat it. I guess you could say that. Yeah. It took like a week and a half. Take a, take a week and a half. I think I clocked that game in 21 hours. Yeah. I think total. Right. It's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad at all. Uh, surprisingly, very few side quests. It's more like... You're on, you're on pace to catch Clive or catch uh, Elza or whatever fuck her name is? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Done in Suicoden 2? Yeah, because spoilers for Suicoden 1, at the end, the only extra scene for him is you take him to the uh, grave. Yeah. And it's like, here lies so-and-so. And he goes, yeah, this is Yeah, she's not dead. Yeah, she ain't dead. She I ain't know dead. better. Uh, that's the, the the majority of quote-unquote side quests. There's only a, like five or so in Sweet Code and One. And they're all just extra scenes. Yeah. Like, you can take Flick to a specific place. He has a scene. You can take Clive to a certain place. He has a little scene. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a quest, you know, go across the range and do all this stuff. Sweet Code 2, on the other hand... Clive's quest is a beast. Yeah. Sweet Code 2 has several side quests. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, and I and I told you this last time we talked about it, I'm actually trying to skim through a guide or two before I go through Sweet Code 2. And I remembered why, now that I started reading the guides, there are... Permanent missables yep. in Sweet Code and Two. There were in the first one, but yeah, there were in the first one, but this one's like, oh, there's lot. ones where like you have a. There's at one point where you have a combination. You can pick two of these like four people, mm-hmm. and you can only get this one rune if you pick these two, and if you pick the other two, you won't get it, and all kind of stuff oh, like yeah. this. Uh, that would be a mental detractor for me, but it's not because there are a hundred hate people in that game there's actually more than 108 oh yeah, there's more 108 it's more like 115 or something like that with yeah. all the with with all the optionals yeah you know because you can pick kasumi or valeria yep and you can pick this person or that person like uh the first the first optional recruitment that i just got if you remember the flying squirrel kumu mm-hmm. kumu or muku muku whatever yeah miku miku or yeah. something like that because did you know when did you get him i just now did at the beginning because did you get him behind the tree yes okay yeah you go when you go to your hometown spoilers for Sweet Code 2 i mean i guess it's kind of a spoiler but maybe you should know this if you do this because there's an easy way and a hard way to get this guy the easy way is at the very beginning of the game when you go back to the very first town that you started in, your hometown. And you go to your house. Yeah, when you go to your house, if you go behind the house, there's a big tree. It's, 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 it stands out amongst the other ones. It's so fucking 90s Nintendo power. Like you have to go examine that tree three times. When you examine it, he'll walk up to it and then he'll look left and right and he'll back off. The third time, He'll walk around the tree, and when he comes from around the back, Muku Muku will be behind him, and yep. you'll recruit him. 
The and that's extremely useful for the fight that occurs yes. right after yeah. that. Yeah, he's very. Not only is he, is he very useful, but that is the easy way to recruit him. And he, that is the only easy squirrel to recruit. Oh yeah, because there are like six foot or five or six fucking yes, squirrels in this game. They are a bitch. <laughs> you have to walk around with just the other squirrels in your party, mm-hmm. and with an open slot, and yep. just walk in yep. certain zones and hope they join randomly. Yep. So I'll be doing that somewhere ways down the road. So between that, uh, you got the animal companions like the squids and mm-hmm. the other squids. There's so many fucking squids. You get a horse. A yeah. unicorn, I mean. Yeah, there's a unicorn, <laughs> and I want to say there's oh, you have the griffin and the griffin. Of course, there's the uh, the kobolds, you know, yeah. and they were in Sweet Code and One too as well. So, lots of good things from Sweet Code and One I enjoyed. Man. Clive's Quest is one that you have to be looking at from the get go. Yeah, you have to go into the game like I'm gonna beat this quest. That is my objective for this playthrough. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't go into it with that mindset, because it took me a while. Mm-hmm. I beat this game without a fucking guide. Yeah, and that's incredible. And well, beating the game is not that hard without a guide. Well, but I mean, I, I 108 it. I 108 it without a guide. And now I figured out yeah. the squirrels without a guide. Yeah. I figured out, uh, first time I got the squirrel was the hard way. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, just randomly, yeah. I got lucky and mm-hmm. he popped up in my party. I was like, wow, cool. There's a yeah. squirrel there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, like, fourth or fifth time through the game i found the thing with the tree mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah <laughs> and uh then i found out about the other squirrels because i randomly got another squirrel mm-hmm. and i noticed because they all like sit up on like a castle wall or something like that and you mm-hmm. walk by and they jump off yep and i was like there's room for more squirrels mm-hmm. there's probably more fucking squirrels <clears throat> so then i started going around looking for other squirrels and i found them one at a time and then finally i find i Went and broke down and got a guide. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This is how you get all the other scrolls. Going back to Sweet Code and One, man, such a good story. Yeah. I, it, I'm saying this as if I'm saying I don't, I forgot, but it's more like because the amp, the magnitude of games I've played, I've forgotten so many things. I forgot how much tragedy Tear went through. Yeah. And I've already said this, but I'll say it again. Spoilers for Sweet Code and One. Number one, uh, Odessa dies. That's a big one. I mean, it seems well, small. Before that. Well. Yeah, he's he's got a bunch of people that die. Before Odessa? Yeah. Who dies before Odessa? Ted. Shh. Does he? No, he doesn't. Does he die or yeah. he gets captured? You don't know if he dies. He gets captured and he passes the rune off he to you. He passes the rune off, yeah. And when he does that, he instantly. Oh, that's right. Because it's the 300 years D8. Yeah, that's yeah, he, right. He that's lives right. all 300 years all at once right there. Exactly. So. So yeah, you have a guy. And his last command. The thing is, is that every time one of your close friends die, that's how your rune that's, powers. Oh up. yeah, that's what I was getting to. That's what I was getting to. So yeah, so so his best friend that he that he that's his childhood friend, mm-hmm. which maybe he found a friend later because how did Tear grow up from a baby to a you know eighteen year old kid? But Ted was pretty much seventeen the whole time. I mean, how did yeah. that not look? Eh, whatever. I'll look over that. I look over that. I don't care. But yeah. that, to, to, as far as you, the gamer, that's his best friend. Best friend's dead. That's yep. one. Second, Odessa dies. The, the you just found out about this liberation army, and she's she's the figurehead, and, and she like, dies protecting a child. Yep. And she admits to you. She said, "This is what number one. Number one. The way that they throw you into this leadership position 
is not just the, oh, it's a random person who happens upon this thing. She tells him, compared to me, you just have the face and the eyes of a leader. You have the, you have the shepherd. You, know yeah. I mean? you have that draw to where people just look at you and hear you and they want to join you. They want to come to your cause. That. And two, and then she dies. She's like, that's why you need to lead because I'm weak because I sacrificed my life to save a child and I shouldn't do that. And you're like, you know what? He won't do that, but shit happens and it does. Cause yep. later on, his childhood mentor, other friend, Grimio dies. Horrible. And it, yeah, every time somebody dies, his room powers up. Yep. He has to fight his own goddamn father. Yep. Father's dead. Powers it up again. So much tragedy this guy went through. And then not just him. I and mean, everybody around him knows, like, oh shit, you know, we know who he, he knows. In Suicode and Lore, there's only one person that has it worse than him. Ted? I mean, uh, Luke? Nope. Nope. Oh, oh. This is, uh, the hero of Suicode and Four. Oh, wow. They made a rune that was like the soul leader with no benefits. <laughs> oh, wow. That's what I, the rune of punishment is what they call it. Wow. And it just makes you live a shit life. Yeah. And it does exactly what you think it would do. It's yeah. just like, yeah, okay, everything goes bad for you. Yeah. And he's the Tenkai star. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, well, uh, I'm, a big, we're going to have like a really shit time. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my best friend turns against me and fucking, you know, all this bad shit happened. Let me ask you something. Because I, th- I know, I imagine you've been through Sweet Coding a few times. Not yeah. just once or twice. Uh, you remember at the beginning of the game, I think his name is, I think it's Kirk, Car- Cargus or something. At the very the beginning. The guy with the mustache? Yeah, the guy that sends you on the mission to Rockland. Yeah. Did, later on, you get the option of either saving him or killing him. What do you do? I always kill him. I always kill him. Now, the, the for canon wise, I have seen people made the argument. It's like, well, killing him does not seem like Tear. It, it doesn't. Tear doesn't seem like the revengeful, murderous type. And a good example of why he wouldn't is if he murders Mi- a lot of people. Mi- Milich killed Grimio, but Milich was under the spell of the, of the Black Rune, though. So. Yeah. But Tyr could have went, I don't give a fuck. But, of course, you're not going to. You want to recruit the 108 stars. Yeah. But since I never, uh, if you leave him alive, if you leave that guy alive, he makes like one or two lines in the last battle of the game. That's it. He has no effect on the story whatsoever. Oh, I kill him. I kill him. Fuck him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Man, such a good story. I forgot all the shit that that guy goes through. Yeah, well, it uh, keeps going after the into the second yeah, game. Yeah, second. Also, game. I remembered one of the coolest moments in that game for me was when who? What was the name of the little dragon knight? The first one, Futch. Futch. Yeah. When you're going to get the ingredients for the medicine. Yeah. And they say, you know, hey, we, we thanks for going and getting the flower uh, to get this thing, but. We need this flower, but Futch already left. Futch left on his dragon, Black, to go get this. And they're like, where's that? Oh, it's at the Emperor's Castle. And you're like, oh. There's only one of this flower in this entire kingdom, and it's in his garden. Futch lands and walks through the fucking Gregminster Castle gardens. And he's like, oh, I need to find this thing. And he plucks it, and Barbarossa's like, that flower's one of a kind. I'm like, 
Ooh, the Empress right there is like, yeah, you go ahead, take it. And Futch is like, okay. And he gets back on black and takes off. And he's like, man, I, that was the Emperor. I felt chills, but I thought he was like a powerful thing. Huh, whatever. And then fucking lady, what's her name? Wendy. Yeah. Yeah. Wendy comes out and but says, oh, hell no. Just that scene of having little Futch, the little dragon knight right next to Bob well, Rosa. I thought up. you were going to mention a different scene. The scene that happens right after, which spoilers. Well, when you find out that it was the, they cut his, they cut, they hit, well. Well, what it was is that wasn't the last ingredient. Yeah, it was. There was one was more. Black's liver. They, they needed liver it. They, need, they needed like its heart, I think. I think it was a liver. Okay, but they, they needed like a piece of the dragon. They needed something, an organ from the dragon and yeah. Yeah, it was like, oh, oh, well, he's like, well, did we, did we make the thing? Are the dragons cured? Yeah. They're yeah, cured. they are. They're cured, but little little asterisks though. Yeah. Um, side note. Well, he tells him. He says, you know, the dra- B- black was pretty much dead. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of like, well, let's kind of pussyfoot around it. He comes, no. Yeah. No. Your fucking dragon didn't live. Well, and then they go even further by bringing him to the. the Joshua's like, by the way, Futch, got to talk to you for before they leave. You know that if you don't have a dragon, you cannot be in the Dragon Knights organization ever in again. Her, yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, but. Tear, please take him. Recruit him because he can be a help to you. He didn't just like boot him out because, oh, you lost your dragon. He was like, bro, take him. Well, he did. He lost his dragon mm-hmm. in the course of his duty. Yeah. You know, he wasn't just like, I'm just fucking around and I yeah. lost my dragon. He lost his dragon risking his own life and his dragon's life to save the entirety of yeah. the rest of the dragon. You would have think that would have gained him some some sway but hey, yeah. i don't know the dragon knights uh lore so over there i don't know the rules i'm not gonna question it oh yeah <laughs> such a good story oh man and at the very end when uh oh man him and uh, it was barbarossa and what was her name wendy wendy yeah when he was like when he fought when the final the thing broke free and she was like you just want me because I look like your your ex wife or whatever. And he's like, no, I wanted you because I saw better in you. And they he fucking pulls her off the edge and they die together. Oh, yep. heart heartfelt man. And so. the the best part about Sue Coden, the entire series, is right after you see all that stuff happen. Right after all that. They go through and they tell you what happened to every motherfucking character. Yep. The little the boxes ending, pop before up. Before the ending credits, they go a block by block and they, you see the character's face, their name, their star that they belong to, and it shows a little, just a two sentence, one or two sentence thing about what happened to them. This person stayed in the Federation Army and led through 300 fights or some shit, mm-hmm. you know? So well, good. The cool thing was, is everybody, the main, the everybody main character, in that game counts. The main character always dips. Yep. It's a reoccurring thing in the Suicoden series. Which is the main why, character is like, I'm leaving. Which is why, and I mean, I know it's such a small thing, and it's just one little, little scene, but one of the greatest scenes to me in Suicoden history is whenever Ryo, Ryu, which I've, apparently his name is pronounced Ryu. It's spelled no. R-I-U-O. It's, spe- it's spelled Rao. It's spelled Rao, but yeah. it's, it's Rao. Ryu. But anyway, whenever Ryu is sent to the McDowell area, and he mm-hmm. meets Tear. And it just, you just see the camera pans from the right to the left. And on the right, you've got Ria, who's coming up in his own Liberation Army. And you got Tear. Motherfucker, been there, done that. 
was part of the whole scene, just sitting on a pier fishing. You know, if you don't and his have Sprite, just looks over his shoulder, at, and it's just like these two, in, these two the, faction leaders, just like, "Hey, man, what's up?" The oh. best part of this, that only happens if you imported your Suicune one into yeah, Suicune two. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, but furthermore, it won't be. If you didn't save Grimio in your file, mm-hmm. he's not there. Nope. It's an instant clue. The moment you see Grimio there, you know who the fuck's back there. Yep. You know exactly who the fuck's back yep. there. And I was like running everywhere. <laughs> I was like, I got to find a way to get past this son bitch. <clears throat> um, and you know what? Again, in Sweet Code and One, they set, now that I know how movies and stories do it, they set up Grimio dying mm-hmm. because there's a point where Tyr goes to do something, and Grimio, being Grimio, is like, you know, young master, take me with you. And Victor's like, he's not a kid anymore. He's he's the leader of a fucking liberation army. He don't need a babysitter. And he's Grimio's like, but young master, I go with you everywhere. I, I follow you every whim. Take me. And they're like, let him be. And then they have that scene where everybody's mm-hmm. asleep at night before they go to the prison. And you see Grimio get up out of his bed, and he sits over Tyr's bed. And he's like, young master, you've grown up. You're you're the leader of a, of a liberation army now. I've been with you my whole life. I've watched you since birth. I've been your guardian. Maybe they're right. Maybe you don't need a guardian anymore. I still love you. I still care about you. And they go to that fucking prison. And they, oh man, they built. I, think, I was like, you son of a bitches had to just take that knife and just in your heart. I think I think that may spoilers for Sukun Four. I think that may be the disconnect I had because <clears throat> looking back, C Code One had Grimio, C Code Two had Nanami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh C Code Three, uh Thomas had that little knight. Do you remember the knight that was with him? Vaguely. The, it was like a little girl in a full night suit. I think so, yeah. She had like a big ass spear. I think so. I, they always have one that's taking care of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. C Code four, I can't remember that character. Hmm. And it's odd to me that yeah. I can't remember the character that is that. Yeah. Um, Sukun 5 has it. Mm-hmm. Sukun 5 has it in spades. Sukun 5 might have it the worst of any of them. Yeah. Because if you, if you fuck up in Sukun 5, they take it from you right at the end. They're like, mm-hmm. rip, goodbye. Wow. It's like, yep, nope, you fucked up. So this person doesn't live. Something else that I liked about the way that they played out something in Sweet Code 1 is that at the beginning of the game, Tio, which is Tyr's father, leaves. He heads yeah. north to go fight the battle. Yeah. So Tio had to hear just through pigeons, word of mouth, whatever, hey, your son is a traitor. Your son is fighting for the Liberation Army now. And you go through this whole game without seeing your father again. Yeah. But when you finally do, your father doesn't hold punches. He's nope. like, that is the fucking Liberation Army leader. You will kill him. Yep. Or I will kill him. It's not a, son, why did... It's, they don't have a fucking Star Wars episode, whatever. You were supposed to be the hero. It's just a, oh, hey, I heard what you did. I heard you're the leader of the Liberation Army now. You know who the fuck I am. It's you're like, going to die. I guess you knew this was coming. They didn't meet out in the field like... You were such a disappointment to me. You, there's still time. He's, he's like, like, nah. He's like, you made your decision. Yep. I respect you. I respect you. Now but we're I'm, gonna fight. But we're, but I'm not holding back. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> oh man, when Pawn 
quote unquote turned on you. Yep. He was like, I can't, I, I, I didn't agree with him, but I saw his logic. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't let shit happen while dad's away. I mean, if they don't know about this and yep. this shit blows up, they're, he, your dad's going to come at me. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny how this shit blew up way past that. It got way out to where Pond was like, Oh shit, I guess that didn't matter if I turned on you or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. well, well, fuck. Oh, Same yeah. thing for, uh, what was it in, in Sukoden 2? You had Jowie mm-hmm. or Joey or however you want to call it. I always say Jowie. I always say Jowie because the there reason was a why W there most of the time. There's a town in Sukoden 1 and I probably in Sukoden 2 called Jowston. The, yeah. The city state of Jowston. So yes. I just say Jowston, Jowie. Yeah. Jowie. And you know, Jowston is in Sukoden yeah. 1. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's where I get it from. Uh, then Sukoden 1, they actually take over. Yeah, who was it? It was Mathal. Mm-hmm. He wrote a letter to the head of the city states, and he was like, "Yeah, you know they're weak right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could just, you know, come in and just take that territory." Yeah, and that was actually a big political deal in there. Mm-hmm. And when you go in there in Sukoden two, you find out, okay, well, he's like, "Well, we've been attacked by the city state before." Yep. And he's like, "How can we tell?" And he's like, "Well, I'll be, I'm." He's like, so you two are here vouching for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, yeah, it's under new leadership. Yeah. And trust us. <laughs> this guy's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so I, I knew y'all were fighting for lost causes. Y'all could have like said something. Mm-hmm. And that was another one of the little cool moments that yeah. C. Coden had is like, he's like, you see Flick looked over Victor. Like, I thought you told everybody we left. <laughs> and he's like, well, I may have forgotten. <laughs> I you love know. I love flicking Victor man. Oh man, whenever I I did find the, actually the next day after we talked about it, I saw again the scene where you were already in the castle and mm-hmm. you came back from something and Flick was there and yep. Flick was like, "Shut the fuck up. Where the fuck is Odessa?" And he's like, "Oh, hey, I remember you. You're that little shit kid. Why wh- where is Odessa? Why is she not here greeting me? Why am I not in her audience right now?" And everybody else was like, uh, 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 and Matthew's like, she's dead. And he was like, you little shit. You're not worthy to be in her spot. And he storms off. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So good. You get to see that character completely mature. Yep. Completely mature. He's, he's the cool, calm, collected guy in yeah. the next game. That Vic, Victor and Flick balance each other out. Yeah. Cause Victor is the easy going. It's okay, but he can pick that sword up and get shit happening when he wants to. He's also Flick a good, is the make shit happen, and it's hard for him to mellow out. One one person is the level minded or level minded, you know, logic using kind of person. You could see see Flick kind of mature into that role over time. Yeah, but you couldn't see that with Victor. Victor was like, yeah, yeah, I trust this guy implicitly. Yeah, just sure. Hey, Odessa yeah. said you're good. You're good with my book. Flick was like, Mm-mm. no, no, you were. You're, you're, you're the son no. of the emperor's general. Nah. <laughs> I, I see a spy when I see you at the, at a minimum. <laughs> it's like, best case scenario. Yeah. Uh. But then you have like, uh, the scene in Seacoden 2 where they are in the college. You remember? Yeah. And, uh, Flick sees like i can't remember the exact scene something something was happening mm-hmm. and they were gonna attack 
some random innocent person. Yeah. And he just comes out like, you know, I'm from the Warriors Village. I don't know if you've heard of it, but when I draw my sword, I have to kill someone with it. Yep. He's like, this sword's name is Odessa, and he pulls it out and like pulls it up to the dude's neck. He's like, is it worth dying for today? Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) So good. (laughs) And then he goes back, and he's like, yeah, there's no rule like that in the Warriors Village. (laughs) Now, a cool thing that I saw in Sweet Code 1, and I'll tell you why I saw this both ways. Uh, I did had to go. I did have to go back because I found out. I, I made it about maybe forty minutes into the game, and I read up about the easy way to get Muku Muku, and I was like, ah, I'll, I'll restart the game. I'll start over. I'll, I'm only forty minutes in. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time, spoilers for Sweet Coden Two. This is the way the game opens. You're. It's, it starts out. You see Jowie. He's in a youth camp, and it's like at nighttime. Everybody's asleep. And he's just changed out of his, 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 uh, is he in the merc, is he in the mercenary camp or the city state camp? He was in the unicorn brigade. They're of, in the unicorn uh, brigade. He was which in the is, unicorn brigade of Highland. Which is the Highlands. Highland army. army. Highland exactly. military. So he is a Highland soldier, but he's in, he's like, he's in the youth brigade. He's in the kids brigade. Yeah, it was like a scout squadron that was supposed to be like way, it's like a, it's a place where they put People that aren't quite 18. Right. But they're not supposed to go into combat. Right. So it was like a, it's more of a symbolic unit and like a stepping stone unit mm-hmm. for, you know, young officers. Right. Basically. So without knowing anything, you, you, when you're talking to the different youths in the camp, you realize that there is a, there's a, there's a mercenary type area. There's, a, there's the, uh, the renegades, you know, mm-hmm. the people that are against your guys. You find that one guy that's, uh, he says he's going to go back and bang your sister. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that yeah. guy? Yes. Yeah. That and I was like, you should have let that slip. And they didn't even follow it up. I'm like, yeah, we didn't say nothing. <laughs> he's like, Jow, you should have said He's something. like, you know, you know, when we get back to town, I'm going to totally just I'm fuck gonna, the shit out of your sister. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's an ex- exact quote. Yeah. Exact, exact quote. quote. But no, you understand this. This is if you had not picked up Sweet Coden 1 and Newton knew shit about it. Sweet Coden 2 starts out with Jowie in a camp. He's out of his little soldier's uniform. He's changed. He's changing to his casual wear and you 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 also find the main character Ryu has also done the same. That's how they talk to each other. He goes, "Oh, I see you changed our uniform really quick. You must be in a rehear- in a real hurry." You find out that they have basically gotten leave. They're basically getting to go back home, yeah. and they're like, "Shit, yeah, tomorrow morning we're going back home." Uh, and all the kids around you are talking about, you know, we got night duty, you know, whatever. We don't want the we don't want the uh, the rebel army to get near or whatever. So you understand you're on the side of the, the Imperials. You're on the side of the city state, so to speak. And the opposition are the, are the renegades. So without, if you were playing Sweet Code in one, the renegades, which is the side that you're on is the bad guys and everybody else is, are, well, you're the good guys. Everybody else is the bad guys. This game starts out the opposite way. Mm-hmm. You just don't know that you're on the wrong side. You just you're just a soldier. You're a kid soldier. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, they go to sleep, and then a, a fight breaks out. And they're like, "Oh shit!" They wake up. What the fuck's going on? They step outside, and your commander's like, "Oh, we got ambushed overnight. Uh, must have been them fucking mercenaries." Oh shit! All the help is east. Go east. Take off that way. So, following the narrative, the first time I played, I went east, and I came back. And fucking Luca Blight was there. 
Yep. And they're like, even Jowie's like, wait a minute. I know him. And they, they see, you see Luca and that cat, Roud talking. Yeah. And he's like, why the fuck is he talking with him? And they're like, what's going on? They see you and you're like, oh shit. And you take off. But no, he actually talks to you, doesn't he? I think Lucas, he says something to you. He's like, oh, you know, you, something, you're, here's two little soldiers that couldn't listen to their commander's directives. Like they don't know you're, you don't know East from North or some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you find out now that you weren't attacked by the mercenaries. You were attacked by your own people. By the Highland Main Army. By the Highland Main, you. That would be like your dad's group just came and killed you. And yeah. all, you and your main character, the only two kids that survived. So these kids, these 15, 16, 17 year old kids, about 20 of them were slaughtered, slaughtered in their camp, slaughtered in their camp. And then you find out by their own fucking people. Yep. And they're like, what the fuck? And they take off and they split up. That, that's an opening for a story. Yeah. That is that, that, if that don't grab you, stay away well, from you the immediately game. like, like have to make like the suicide jump into yeah, the river. They, they make a mark on a cliff and they're like, Hey, on a rock on a cliff. And they say, Hey, if we ever get separated, we need to come back here. And they jump off and you get split up. And lo- luckily, lo and behold, fucking Victor and Flick find you, the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jowie shows up later though. He, he, he breaks. I thought that was a cool scene where, uh, so Jowie breaks into the little prison. He breaks you out. Yep. They go up the stairs. Flick and Victor are right there. And Flick's in front. And Flick's like, kid, you are fucking up. You need to get <laughs> back in that cell because you're not going nowhere. And Jowie's like, I can't I can't quote the banner back and forth, but he's like, are you going to try to break out? And he's like, yes. He goes, he's like, you're, you need to fucking back down, kid. You don't know who I am. And Jowie's like, Fuck you. And he runs at him and Flick just fucking lays him out. Like nothing. Just bam! Lays him out. And then you get uh, to duel him. Yeah. And you can win that duel. Mm-hmm. You can win it. You should win it. The The reason why this story is so great is because, like I just told you, Jowie uh, and Ryu are friends. Like yeah. they came, they grew, you actually, after they jump off the cliff, they do that little uh, montage of, of the scenes where shows it shows like them how they growing, grow up. Shows yeah. them growing up as a kid. It's Jowie, Ryu, and uh, Nanami. And Nanami shows them all growing up as kids. Showing and, and Genkaku. Yeah, their, they their sh- show them learning martial arts under the same you know old man. It shows shows uh, Ryu and uh, Jowie joining the liberate joining the, the the Imperial Army, becoming mm-hmm. an actual soldier. Shows them marching off to war. So you understand from the beginning of the game, these two are childhood friends. Yep. The reason why this game gets really fucking good is because just like tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics, in a way, these two split up, and it's not an amicable split. Nope. And their story with each other, that's just two people. Yeah. There's 106 more fucking people in this game. Oh, yeah. Not to mention Luca Blight and his whole shit as a whole. So good. So fucking good. Love these games. Yup. You should really play the rest of the series. <sighs> I'm going to make my hard line stance on these right now so I can say it on the podcast and I can say my piece about it. Okay. You twigged me into playing three. You told me to stay away from four. You also said I should really play five, and I should get to to Gaiden. I got that from you. Yeah. 
I w- I've always taken your advice, and I will probably never play four. If I ever feel the need to, I will sit on my ass here and maybe watch a plot synopsis or read something about it. But I, if yeah. you say that game is bad, I'm not touching it. What I'm telling you is that is the worst one. Okay. I played through Sweet Coden 3. And maybe if I played through it again, I could write down a review and explain to you why, but it did not capture me the way 1 and 2 did. 1 and 2 almost have a neck-and-neck neck fight over which one is better. I picked Sweet Coden 2 for different reasons. The, the But the magic, the draw, the feel, the, oh, fuck, I get from 1 and 2, I just get a, hey, cool story from 3. And that... here um, the, Here's part of the disconnect, because... What you're getting in three is like 15 years after two. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see, you know, Flick and Victor are fucking old and they're like, yeah, I'm not fighting anymore. Fuck yeah. that. So they don't even exist in the game. People that were children in the second game are now full fledged adults. Um, people that were, you know, young kids in the first game are now old adults yeah part of the thing that separates suicoden one and two from the rest of the series Mm -hmm. is suicoden one and two are sequential yeah directly sequential yeah suicoden three is Way later. It's, it's another, still, it's, it's still it, sequential, but it's way later. This is the it's way a big that I break. Sweet Coden 1 tells a story, has a universe. Yes. Sweet Coden 2, in the same universe, continues that story. Yes. Sweet Coden 3, whole different story, same universe. Yes. And that jump to me, just, I can't feel it. Yeah. I can't feel it. Well, I mean, you can get some of it. I when get you, some. You, it's there. It's not fucking Chrono Cross. Oh no! Oh no! No 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 okay. no 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 no! no. no well, I would recommend somebody playing Sweet Coden Three. Okay, no doubt. Well, Sweet Coden Three, for one, it caps off one character's arc mm-hmm. from you know first boss of the series to last boss of the series. Yeah. Uh, it also shows you know a another side to a, another conflict, mm-hmm. um, and it caps off multiple characters' arcs. It does have throwbacks to the original game. It has severe throwbacks to the original game. Suicoden 4, it has some, some devices in it that are important. Like you get to see what Ted was doing. Mm-hmm. But Ted is the only, uh, Ted, uh, Suicoden 4 takes place 150 years before Suicoden 1. Yeah. It is far and removed from the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. It is, so far removed that, you know, the only character, the only character that's the same is Ted. Yeah. And, le- and the, ke- and the keeper of the tablets. Yep. And you're like, wow. Oh, Gene's there. Yeah. Because no one ever knows what the fuck's going on with Gene. <laughs> but so you couldn't five. So only join you if you got a lot of people. So you couldn't five is the best one since two. And I put it this way. If you play one, Two and five, right together, mm-hmm. they fit perfectly. Because, well, maybe I'll try that. Because what you see is you see one goes into two, okay, and if you go ahead and do like the private eye stuff for George mm-hmm. on Suicoden 2 mm-hmm. and see all his plot and then witness what happened right immediately before Suicoden 2 mm-hmm. in 
Sukun 5. Because Sukun 5 explains completely where George is coming from. If that makes sense. I have no connection to George. You have a lot of connection to George. That's because I played Sukun 5. Flick and Victor, that's my sweet code and tie right there. George yeah. seems to be your tie, but I don't have Well, I like that. Flick and Victor, but um, I guess the main thing is the... I like to see like what Killy and Lorelai were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in Sukun 2 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were also in Sukun 5. Um, same thing with, uh, Sukun Gaiden. Sukun Gaiden tells you a lot about Sukun 2 that you didn't know was going on. Hmm. Sukun. See, now that would make me very. It also tie, it also ties 3 together even better. Because in Sukun 3, you get Nash in your party as a party member. Mm. And he's constantly referring to his missus. But you don't know who the fuck that is if you didn't play the Gaidens. Yeah. And they're a visual novel. Mm. They're a completely different style of game. You're going to get more story than you are anything else. But it's a good... I mean, if you do nothing but just watch the damn thing... You I'll know, probably watch it. It's it. There's two Sukun Gaidens. Yeah. Um, But... You watch those and you can see a lot of development with like, uh, he, Nash was watching. You remember when they waited at the gates of Muse for Jowie? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He was there. Nash was there watching them. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He intersected through all kinds of events in Sui Coden too. Wow. He wasn't directly involved in them, but he was like, Oh, there's some soldiers over here. Mm hmm. They're about to get behind. Nah, fuck that. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He's like doing stuff on the back end that nobody notices. And you never noticed in Sweet Code 2, but now you have extra insight into it. I just thought of a couple other cool things in Sweet Code 1. I love talking about this game. Oh yeah. You remember the, this, I think it was the last battle whenever, uh, they, it, they had the 14, 15,000 troops, but they had like seven, 8,000 monsters. Mm-hmm. And was it Wendy? I think Wendy was on your side. No, Wendy is, uh, was, uh, Empress. She shows up and she's like, hold on. Cause Matthew was like, here's how it really rolls down. We have at the max, if you recruited all 108 stars, you had 18,000 troops. Yep. And then it dwindles down a few thousand if you don't have that many. Like, I think the max, if you didn't recruit anybody extra, you could have like 14,000. Yeah. So he tells you like, here's, here's how it is. We're like 15,000. They have like 25. He's like, I'm sorry, we're going to be outnumbered. And Lechnot shows up. She goes, hold on. Because my fucking sister, Wendy, mm-hmm. summoned a shitload of monsters. I have the other half of the gate room. And cuts half them off. And they're like, she's like, nah. She don't have these fuckers. It snaps her finger again and all the monsters are gone. <laughs> and it's like, well, now they have 16,000. We have 15,000. I think we have a chance now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I love whenever you were trying to break into somewhere or you were trying to get into somewhere and you had to have somebody, somebody f- made something and then Kimberly had to forge the emperor's signature. Mm-hmm. Kimberly was like Matthew's girl, Matthew's girlfriend or whatever. And hey, her- Tahoe's girlfriend, I thought. Um. I forget who she was. She was somehow related to Matthew because Matthew was like, "If I need something forged, go grab her because mm-hmm. she can forge anything." So you take Flick is my. I should have known because Flick was automatically at your party. But you mm-hmm. go recruit her, and she goes, "Okay, I'll forge the Emperor's signature for you. What's in this for me?" 
and you're like, uh, and he, she looks at Victor, she goes, hey boy, you're kind of cute, and Flick's like, I got a girlfriend, she's like, nah, we're gonna go on a date, if we go on a date, then I'll do this, and he's like, he like dips his head, and it shows them at a table, and she's like twirling her glass around, she's, and she holds it out, she goes, my tea's empty, and he's like, yes ma'am. <laughs> and, she, and she's like I notice you're not drinking your alcohol he's like no I'm trying to stay sober <laughs> oh so and every time if you ever have him in your party when she's around she's like hey cute boy it's so I love it I love it uh, such a good game oh yeah so yeah. many little ties and that that that's that's part of the bet that's part i think that's the biggest thing you're missing out of the rest of out of the rest of the series mm-hmm. is they flesh the other games out yeah all city coding games do that and it's a it's a great thing you're never going to see another one mm-hmm. if you want to if you want to flesh out the rest of the games so tactics does it mm-hmm. it fleshes out backstory that you didn't see before yeah uh they all interconnect and add just a little bit more so the next time you play Seacut 1 you'll be thinking oh okay this is why this is happening mm-hmm. because this person saw this and this and it influenced their decisions on you know like oh okay I understand why Flick and Victor are the way they are mm-hmm. you know in Seacut 2 because I saw what they went through in Seacut 1 yeah you know and okay I understand why this guy who was raised by Flick and Victor acts the way he does mm-hmm. because he was influenced by their experiences, etc. Yeah. I, I've always loved how they interconnected. That was my favorite thing. You know, one person that escapes me in Sweet Code and one that I always wanted, and I, I, spoil this for me if, 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 if this happens in two, mm-hmm. but again, with the last battle, when you finish the last battle, Uber's like, yeah, fuck this, and he leaves. <laughs> Every time. What happened? Where does he go? I don't know. That was never explained. Uh, never, ever him, explained. You see him and Wendy and Necklord 300 years in the past. That tells you that they have a true rune. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, you see him again in the future, and he's leading the army, and you win the war, and he's like, peace. Well, you see Yubber outside of his army in Sigurd 3. I bl- I, yeah, I believe so. I think, He's not oh, wearing it. Sweet Coden 3 threw me off with him because he he has this cool, like, black knight armor outfit in 1 and 2. Uh-huh. And then in 3, he's got the suit and the top hat. Yeah, he's wearing kind of just a... a like hat, a, I guess. Just standard fucking clothes. Yeah. Kind of like Sweet Coden 3. Damn. Sorry. Can't Damn. do it. Can't care. Damn. Uh... But yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. I've actually got a list of RPGs that I'm going to be playing in a row. I'm just in an RPG mood right now, which is good for me because I haven't been in an RPG mode in a while. But I'm going to finish one and two. I'm going to go ahead and work on Lunar one and two. Mm-hmm. As you said I should. I'm going to go back for Tactics, and Tactics is actually one of the most important ones up there because, and you can agree with me, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Tactics. It's not that it has a convoluted story. It's just, it's a little hard to grasp. There is a lot. It's a complex story. It is a very, yes, there is Game of there's Thrones. There's a lot of political intrigue Game going of on. Thrones shits going on, and there's revelations every turn. Yeah. I've only played Final Fantasy Tactics one time in my life. I beat it. 
Yeah. But this was also back when I was like 16, 17 give, years old. Let me tell you the key to beating this game and beating the shit out of this game. Yeah, it's if mad. you just want to absorb the story, if you just want to absorb the story, mm-hmm. make yourself some ninja monks. Ninja monks. Okay. Okay. What you do is you level up the monks till they, till they unlock the ninja class. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to go, you have to switch jobs eventually to go like thief or whatever. I play Final Fantasy 14. I know how this goes. Okay. Well, you get, you get the ninja class unlocked. Then you go level with ninja, level a monk, level a ninja, level a monk, level a ninja, level a monk. Mm-hmm. And eventually they will be super fast. They'll get two attacks and they will hit like fucking trucks. Cool. So they'll be really good at jumping, really good at moving. They'll, the monk skill set is probably the best one in the game because mm-hmm. it can do ranged attacks, physical attacks and heal itself. Yeah. So you've got that throw isn't fucking that useful. I mean, you know, if you need, like, something that does a certain element, I guess it's okay. Yeah. Or if you just have, like, a shit ton of extra equipment laying around. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fling a flail at somebody for no sure. reason. You might be better to use your punch arts, but... Yeah. Monk yeah. Monk Ninja is a great combination in that game. Got it. I'll remember that when I go through, but that's going to be... That's going to be months away from now. I, de- I want to go through that, and I may go through it twice, because I really... All I remember was that it had a really good fucking story, but my brain was rattled when I beat it. I was like, man, I, I, I'm sure I missed stuff or I got shit confused. You need wanna, me to break it down for you? N- no. <laughs> okay. I want to go through it. I want to go through it and see if my 35 year old man brain can handle it. Um, and if I run into, I don't know what the fuck, I'll, I'll let you s- summarize it for me. Okay. I'm also going to go through Baldur's Gate 2 and Valkyrie Jesus Christ. Chronicles. And I've got another friend that's going through Baldur's Gate 2 right now right, just because I, I told him about me telling you about, telling you about it. Mm-hmm. And so he decided to go back through it. Mm-hmm. And oh man, it was, I, I was wrong. It was fucking AD&D is what it's based off of with oh. Thacos. Oh. oh, oh God. What are you now, setting me up for? Oh man, it was an ancient fucking D&D system. Jesus. So, dude. um, get ready to get your shit kicked in. I may save that for very last. Because uh, it's going to be, he is a and d player. Oh, well, and he's having a hard time with it? Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing to me? Oh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, man, I guess it's time to catch the dick. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to try my best with it. I remember. Because you said the story was great. The story's That's great. That's what I told you I want this game for was a story. If you, if you, good, if you play Baldur's Gate. And even if you get like halfway through it and it just gets too fucking hard for you and you can't beat it, but mm-hmm. you like the story and you like the gameplay for the most part, mm-hmm. I can recommend other games in that, in that same vein. Okay. You could do Baldur's Gate or you could do Planescape Torment mm-hmm. or you could do, um, uh, you know, Pillars of Eternity or, uh, what was the last one that came out? It was, uh, it's made by people who made Pillars of Eternity. It was Tyranny. Tyranny. Okay. Yep, that's also a good game. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna whip my big fucking gamer dick out. Then you're gonna get it cut right the fuck off. I'm gonna try it by Baldur's Souls. I'm gonna give it a solid go. And the last thing that I'm gonna play to cap it all off for my RPG escapades is Xenogears. I'm gonna live up to our bet, and I'm gonna play through Xenogears. Or well, not our bet, our pack. Which my question to you is, when are you going to roll through Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver Two? Oh, I need to get Defiance. I need to get my life in order before I can do that. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's yeah. going to be that's going to be an undertaking. Is what that's going to be. I'm telling you, you're gonna you're gonna thank me when it's over. 
You're not, you're I not, hope so. Wow. This fucking story about two vampires was way bigger than what two you vampires fucking each other. Oh sure. yeah, it's like Lestat. Sure. Oh no. Uh, that's been that, that's been my week. I just been I just now started sweet coding too, and my time is getting it's it's not getting limited. It's just limited every day. So I haven't had the the days where I have two days off in a row. That's fucking great. I can spend some time doing it, but we'll see. And also, like I told you before, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not rushing through Sweet Code in 1 and 2. I, I want to get through it. I want to engulf the story. I want to soak it in. I want to be like, yeah. You want to get all up in there. I want to have those moments. I don't want to, I'm not trying to like blaze through and speed run the yeah, game. You, I'm trying. You definitely and it'll be wanna, the same way with tactics. When I go through it, I want to take my time and get the story. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to speed run this shit. Well, the good, I mean, which tactics are you going to do? If I do tactics, it's going to be the PlayStation Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. The original. They did main, add. They did. Um, or Claire. would you recommend the other one? <laughs> Tell me your spiel on that because I need to know. Okay. I have this thing. Okay. Because they did what they did to Chrono Trigger. Everything always goes back to fucking Chrono Trigger. <laughs> they went back and retconned Chrono Trigger because Chrono Cross was so fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, Final Fantasy Twelve. They went back and retconned Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Which I. I don't remember things from Final Fantasy Tactics that should belong in 12, with the exception of Ivalice. Now, again, that's going back to a 16-year-old mind that played Tactics and a 28-year-old they just, they just mind built, that played They just built, like, uh, there's a character, Baldir, Baldur. Baldir, yes. Yeah. I'm the leading His guy. fucking stupid ass appears in Final Fantasy Tactics now. <laughs> Watch your and mouth, you'd be smirched And Baldir. he fucking, the reason that I hate him and that I crystallize him Immediately in the, in the War of the Lions, okay, is because he takes a character from Final Fantasy Tactics who is a staple party member. Mm-hmm. There was one character that had a job that he was perfectly suited towards. Mm-hmm. It was Grim, or it was not Grimio. <laughs> it was Grimio! <laughs> Grimio confirmed for Final Fantasy it Tactics. Was, it was Mustudio. Mustudio, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the perfect chemist mm-hmm. because he was long range, he had good movement stats. You know, he was a great support character. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker comes in there and he's got, he's just my studio on crack. <laughs> so Mustadio got out Mustadio. Basically. Gotcha. So this guy comes in here and he's like, oh, I have the same skills, but more mm-hmm. and better. And, oh, I have all this stuff that you did, but better. And I do more damage. Now, I've heard. If we're taking that, grabbing it in your hand and throwing it out of the picture, yep. I've heard that the War of the Lions apparently is a better version. It it's, it has better translations. Uh, it tells the story better. They I've go heard. they go into ye old English, which is great. Which is it's it's good. Okay, I, I mean thought there are some had good ye old English. No, it didn't. Not really? even a little bit. Um, maybe just the names, maybe yeah, the they town talk, names and the people names. They, they have very unique. Styles. They put different spins on things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two prominent additions that I can remember. There's an onion knight, mm-hmm. so you can be an onion knight now. And what that is is it level that class levels up as you level up every other class, oh. and it can can become ridiculous because, um, you can take stuff like uh, you know, if you've got like all the fighter classes maxed out, then you become like some kind of Jesus when you 
go when you switch that person over to Onionite. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any skills, but they can just run through rampaging. Um, the other thing is they added in. Um, I do believe that Ramza can finally get beyond the Squire. Mm. I do believe he can finally attain uh, Dark Knight and what's called Knight. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. It's been a while since I played the upgraded version, but I remember there being something about like the Holy Sword techniques and stuff like that mm-hmm. that everybody else graduated to, but for whatever reason, Ramza never did. Yeah. Well, now he can get that. Mm-hmm. And those were needed additions. They also switched some stuff. Uh, Blade Grasp was kind of broken mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics for PlayStation. They unbroke it. So it doesn't, it's not a hundred percent guard now. Yeah. It doesn't catch bullets, which is always good. Ow. Yeah. It caught bullets before. It was like, Jesus. Catch almost everything except for an arrow. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, you no longer have like a hundred, the builds aren't as insanely OP mm-hmm. as they were. What I need to know from you is if I'm picking between the two versions, mind you, I'm going for the story. Mm hmm. Which should I play? What would you recommend I play? I would say Final Fantasy War of the Line, or I'd say the PSP version has a, has a bit more to it. Okay. It's a bit different. It's a more of a, an in-depth told, plotted out spin. I, I think I've showed you before where they had the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being the in-engine, like them walking around and doing all that kind of stuff, they've got it now animated with cell shade animation. Mm. And it, it looks good. I, it I sounds bet, good. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but they, you know, they have the same conversation, but now there's in their, their voice acted mm-hmm. and they're, you know, you can hear the inflection in their voice. The voice acting's good. Yeah. I think I'm going to sit with the PlayStation. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know, but like I made the argument last episode, I don't need that shit. And every time that it does, it changes it for me and I'll stick with the, I'll stick with the PlayStation. Okay. Uh, a company that did this right, and I did enjoy the way they did it. You remember the uh Final Fantasy, whatever the one that had Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger in the same PlayStation bundle? Uh-huh. They had anime scenes. I liked it. I actually got to see Frog cut that fucking mountain in half. That was cool. Uh, I thought they did those very well, but I don't need the one from Tactics. I didn't need the retcon. Yeah. I completely hate that version for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I do want to talk about one more thing before we roll into today's topic. This Uh-oh. actually just happened today, Uh-oh. so it's very fresh. Right, right. Fresh, fresh. Get fresh. That's our new fresh, fresh content. No. No. Yeah, I'm vetoing that. I'm playing the veto down. Just going to go ahead and say that? No. Yep, no, no. Well, since there's only two of us, I guess that happens. Um. My, my wife and I went and saw a movie today. Just came out. We went and saw Wonder Woman today. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, man. I was can't it, wait. Was it the best movie you ever saw? This, this is very inside between me and you, but this is, this is another reason why it sucks that, you know, our fellow coworker is now in a different building away from us during our work times. Cause, you know, he gave me shit for, since he heard about it, he was like, you can watch Wonder Woman, ain't you? And I was like, fuck no. Fuck Gal Gadot. I don't like why. And he's like, oh, you. So mm-hmm. we went and saw it today. Now, this is the, the newest DC as of this you know recording. This is the newest DC movie in their DC cinematic franchise, if they even have that. Um, and I actually told somebody, 
uh, made a statement that if this movie was good, it didn't have to be great or phenomenal, but if it was good, if I enjoyed it and had a good time, I would be interested and I'll give Justice League movie a chance. Well, I'm going to give Justice League a chance because Wonder Woman was actually very good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I would say a little, it's on the tier, if not a little better. I'd say it's on the tier of, say, Iron Man from Marvel, from a Marvel okay. side. Uh, it tells, uh, it tells a story, pretty much sort of an origin story of Wonder <clears throat> Woman. Uh, cinematography was great. Acting was great. It seems like they took that, you know, her arc and her story seriously. From a critic's point of view, from a, you know, a cynical peering through the eyes, pointing fingers, I saw a few things that were like, well, wait, that didn't make sense. But as far as entertainment value compared to, say, Suicide Squad, oh, way better. Oh, way, way better. Uh, just told the story was told very well. I actually didn't mind Suicide Squad so much. Eh. I I thought that they cut the best part of the fucking show out. I feel that was like a four out of ten movie for me. Uh, I feel like it was a it was a solid six and a half. And the reason I would call it worse is because they decided to focus on the wrong things. Yeah. They they decided to be like, oh well, let's make this a prototypical movie where you know, oh well. The the guy that's really quiet ends up being the dude that saves them all at the end and blah 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 blah. Yeah, no, they could have gone without all that shit. You can't. They could they could have removed Croc, the Diablo guy, and Captain Boomerang and the climber dude. And yeah, the <laughs> Mister, I'm here just to get blowed up. I'm yeah, sorry, spoilers for suicides. <laughs> they could have removed all those guys and put in like one or two like people that were gonna make fucking one more character that was going to get actually developed mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and that would have been okay i don't know jack shit about the suicide squad canon in comics Man. so i don't know how much it of is the very, joker is involved in that storyline in the comics in the comics it is he is involved um but they have like a falling out mm-hmm. and it's it's about her yeah i don't particularly like the arc because i think it rips apart the best part of harley quinn as a character Mm -hmm. is you know that's a core function is that she's like tied to the joker yeah for better or worse Mm -hmm. she's tied to the joker Mm -hmm. um and i don't think they they played up there's this romanticized version of this now that's going around the internet. I don't know if you noticed it. I have. He's like, oh, I want to be like Harley Quinn in the Joe. No, the fuck you don't. No. That's like the abusive relationship. That's, that's, that's the edgy people being yeah. like, oh, I want to wear stupid makeup and have our little, little, little cute little relationship. That's not what that's that not, is. They don't have a cute relationship. That's not what that is. They don't. They don't have any kind of normal relationship at all. I mean, if you're the severely... Uh, uh, beta dominant underling type where you just love being mentally, physically, and verbally abused throughout your relationship on a legitimate fucking level, then yeah, sure. Yeah, you want to, you want a relationship that's, just like theirs. If you want to be the female that's like, I love you through the stars and him being like, I don't fucking care about you. <laughs> you just fucking cook my food or do what the fuck I tell no, you to. Some, sometimes he cares. He cares when he wants something. He cares when he wants something. Yes. Yeah, that's not that's no. Actually really funny. But the the best thing about Harley when she appeared in the in the animated series mm-hmm. was that she 
was the only only character that actually developed the fucking Joker. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, let me make the Joker better. Yeah. You know? And in turn, be awesome myself. I meant to tell my wife this, but I had heard uh, when the movie was over. I, you know, of course, everybody goes to the bathroom. I had to piss like a racehorse because I didn't want to. I didn't. I just go. usually just let it go right on the guys. No, nobody will know. Like it's right there on the. Just I just right arc, the I try to arc it onto the road right in front oh, of the you person. Right dick out. I thought you meant you lived in your pants and you just go. No, no, I arc it above the row in front of me and try to hit the row two rows in front of me oh. so that they think it's the person right in front of me. Oh, okay. Anyway, I went to the bathroom. And, uh, <laughs> there was a young couple outside. They were oh walking, God! They were leaving. They were oh, walking no. out, and I heard I heard the girl say, "I want a Diane and Steve relationship." I was like, "Well, that's fantasized, but oh, that's cute. Why don't we have more of these instead of the I'm with the Joker Quinn relationship?" Well, it's because people up. don't really know. They they see Harley Quinn and the Joker, and they think, "Oh, it's mad love." It's, oh it's God, so cool. it's it not. So it is not. Uh. It is, it is probably the, I mean, I had to explain this to somebody when I was like, do you even understand what kind of relationship they actually have? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But anyway, on the Wonder Woman, I don't, I don't want to spend a half an hour. I just want to say it was very good. I went into it. I, I, I did, I kind of internet blacked it for a good while. Mm-hmm. I, it, the reviews were coming out a week in advance. And the low buzz that I heard was, hey, man, they finally are doing it right. And I was like, okay, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that because it's going to give me false expectations. And if that movie's fucking bomb, I'm going to be like, y'all said. So I just I quit listening. I like, don't tell me about it. Don't read reviews. Don't even watch spoiler-free ones. So I went and saw it as it was. And I was very entertained by it. Uh, it tells a real good story about Diane. shows an origin story. It really shows a coming up for her power, for her origin and everything. Really good romance story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the whole time she's trying to figure out, she's trying to fight this villain, and then the villain is not who you think it is. And it's not what she thinks it is. It's a challenge of her faith, so to speak. So mm-hmm. another thing that I really liked about it is they could have, they could have tied this in to the Justice League hardcore. They could have had at the be- at the end of it had some super tie in where like Batman shows up and talks or that she gets an invitation from who the fuck knows what. Mm-hmm. And this is not a spoiler. At the beginning and the end of the movie, you get a letter from from Batman. That's it. And that's the only tie this has to the Justice League. There's no like epic trailer and oh the Flash shows up for a second and a paradox and no no this is her movie. Yeah, and it's all about her and this story about her. It has a has a very compelling line to it as well. I don't want to spoil it because I know you ain't seen it either, but uh, it's worth a watch. Um, I think you'll get a good bit of entertainment out of it when and if, when and if ever you see it. Now, is this the uh? What I'm not gonna say is that this is like the revitalization of the DC movies. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna no. say that this is the one that made me go okay. I'm ready for oh, this. Oh, they're ratcheting the game up from a 7 to an 11. Yes, but it's more of a, okay. All right, if Justice League, the movie that's coming out in a year or so, is in this same style, the same, okay, how you guys are taking it, well, I'll give it a try. So we'll see. We'll see. So that's that. That's pretty much been my week. I'm sure I saw other movies, but I've forgotten about them. I want to get on to today's topic, which is favorites. Favorite what? Favorite so? Favorite game stories or storylines. Now, you did make a good point that we probably talked about some of these already, but 
Who knows? Maybe we haven't. This isn't a top five or top ten or your number one favorite versus my favorite. It's just a man. Think of in gaming history and your legacy of the games you've played. Okay. Think of the stories that the big, the stories that stuck out the most. The stories that were, man, that was fucking great. It could be one game. It could be a series of games. But okay, we're gonna talk about something today. All right, well, you want you to want you lead this off? Sure, I'll lead off with uh, Sweet Code One and Two. We've already talked. You about bastard! It. Your turn. <laughs> uh, I mean, really quick, I could I, I could say two of them off the bat to give you some time to think. Uh-huh. Uh, Sweet Code One and Two. I'm two different ones beside this one. This is just uh-huh. one. Uh, Sweet Code One and Two are both good. Uh, if you fast forwarded and you're here from the spoiler section, spoiler free stuff about Sweet Code. Awesome story. It has at a at a low side of it. It has a generic in like Sweet Code One. There is a bad guy. There's an evil emperor out there, and oh no, gotta gotta go take out the bad guy. But underneath that, there are these true runes that handle everything, and they are very powerful. You have ones that control fire and all fire. You have ones that control water and all water. You have some that control they basically, death. A fo- take a force or a concept in that universe, there's a rune that controls that. And there's a person that has that rune, and that person is in direct control of all of it. So as opposed to you having Superman, and Superman is control of all of his powers, and either he is good or he is evil. Imagine every aspect of the world having a human with human mm-hmm. emotions and human stories and human ties swaying the balance of that room. Uh, good character development. You have 108 playable characters in both of these two games. Uh, now, I will admit wholeheartedly that not every single 108 character has 14 pages of dialogue yeah. and 14 pages of narrative. But here's There the are ju- cooks that you meet in that game. You're not going to get the extreme backstory of all four cooks or, okay. or, or, or back blacksmiths, well, but they all have ties. I will throw this out there that they do have a... Uh, you do have situations where a random member, based on their position in your formation... We'll talk mm-hmm. in those games. Yeah. It is not done where they have a generic line. Yeah. They have a concept like uh, somebody could say, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. We need to leave. Yeah. You know, and they'll say one person may say, let's get out of here. And mm-hmm. another person will say, we need to leave. Another person would be like, it's time to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. another person would be like, uh, are we, should we stay here? Yeah. You know, and they'll do something in character. Yeah. They'll say the same thing, mm-hmm. but, but they'll, they'll say, say it in, in a different way. way. Yeah. 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 They'll say it in a way that, you know, you have like the, the real chickeny character is going to be like, it might be time, time mm-hmm. to go, mm-hmm. you know. Both of these stories have somebody in a scenario where they are coming up from the bottom. They are in Sweet Code and One. You got a you got a, a young man that has basically an entire concept of an army or a renegade army thrust upon him. Yeah, he's he, kind of like a disposed noble. Yeah, and he goes up through his ranks, recruiting people and having all these tragic or great stories. You know, he it's not all tragic either. There are great there are great battles won. There are great battles that are fought. There are one on one battles. You and one other person. Uh, very important fights that happen. 
very, very good story. And same thing happens in the second one. You know, you find out you basically get recruited into and start becoming the leader of this army, even though there are two veterans right there with you. Uh, very good stories, very worth a play. Another one that I would mention, uh, I don't know if I should sweep this out from under you. Will you want to talk about Chrono Trigger or am I going to talk about it? You can talk about it. All right, since I just played it again, you know? Yeah. Chrono Trigger, great story. What do you want, guys? It's about time travel, and it's done so magically. So it all the little bows get tied up in this game. This is This game was back in 96? 95. 95. So, you know, we're talking... Two, 21 years old this game is and you can go back right now today and play this game get sucked in and have a great time i don't know if you uh and we may end up having to link this but i actually saw some of the stuff that got censored in the original chrono trigger oh um <clears throat> they had uh all the yeah obviously you know back in the 90s they did a lot of heavy censoring when they translated things from japanese to the united states and back and forth mm-hmm. one of the things was all the references to alcohol that's mm-hmm. the kind of obvious form of censorship that's off you know yeah, happens a lot i do remember some of those because you, you go to one place and they talk about uh i need my soda like how come you're not letting me have any more soda and yeah you're like you're like i'm you're in a you're in a bar you're in a bar you're in a tavern i well, know what you're asking like for. they the soup drinking contest that he has in the prehistoric era with Aya. It's a jugging contest. It's a it's a drinking a contest. Con- oh yeah. God! And uh, but there were more. There were sexual references that were put out of that game too. Oh, Shala and Janice, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just a little little, little nasty incestuous. No yeah. God. Oh, oh God! That goes into so many levels of wrong. <laughs> yes, it does. Fucking Alpha Door <laughs> in the corner, like no. Because then they bring in Magus in the future, and Magus watches. Uh, <laughs> oh Somebody right now is going, well, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> this number one RPG of all time. They had a uh, they had a scene where you meet uh, where, where you meet Ayla. Mm-hmm. You remember the uh, yeah. the prehistoric lady, and uh, she pushes Chrono up against the wall, and she goes, "Oh, I like Chrono. Chrono's strong." Uh huh. And she goes, "Oh, well, I guess I guess you know she likes you." You know, he's kind of strong. I want to be strong. Mm-hmm. That's not what she was saying. Nope. You're fucking she sexy. Was, she was like, she wanted, she wanted that she dick. She wanted that chrono. She wanted that, chrono that dick. <laughs> and that's why. It's chrono cock. And yeah. she goes, she goes, you know, man, woman, whoever she, if you're strong, I like you. Mm-hmm. That's not what she said. <laughs> and you can tell, uh, Luca, Luca's reaction. Yeah. And she goes, like, she, she goes, oh, you know, it's, yeah. that's cool. No, she she hits on Luca too. She's Whoa. like, yeah. She's like, oh yeah. If you're if you're strong, I'll oh, fuck you. Oh god, what is this Game of Thrones, you. man, woman? Why should yeah. I decide? I'll take. Both. She's like, I'll take anything. I'll take. I'll take what anything I want. with a pulse. Wow. <laughs> no, anything I did not a, know that. Anything with a pulse. So so moving off from the ends. Okay, well, go ahead. There was a, there was some more. They <laughs> oh, the hits keep coming, folks. They, and well, I'll post the link to this video. But okay, you they uh. They had the, um, the rainbow shell mm-hmm. when you get it. And Nadia has to, Princess Nadia has to make the decision to, you know, go out and leave the nest, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a leave the nest kind of, of a moment, but 
they're talking about, well, and I'm, I'm probably butchering this. You'll see it in the video, but mm-hmm. she's mentioning, you know, okay, well, birds have to leave the nest, you know, once they get strong. I think you're good enough. Mm-hmm. It's another conversation with Ayla. Well, Ayla basically says, well, you know, once you get done drinking, you know, all your breast milk, <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. you're ready to, you're ready to walk on your own and uh-huh. go on, you know, you're, you're at that point. Yeah. And then she makes the point and they left this line in. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're kind of small, but I think you're getting there. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. A, she made a small tits joke. Wow. I guess so. Yeah, you yeah. can see how they censored that shit yeah. right the fuck out of there. Yes, they did. So it's a little little things, yeah. little things that you know you may not have known about this game. No, no, I didn't. I, we talked about Chrono Trigger a lot in this podcast, but I I don't think we've ever talked about that. I know that Final Fantasy VI had a lot of censorship as well, but I oh, yeah. I saw that the, every time I I rarely see the dialogue that got censored. I usually see the pictures, like the sprites that got. You know, instead of bikinis, they have like a full dress on or whatever. Like there's yeah. there's a there's an esper, and she has she's a summon basically, and she has like a, a bikini, so to speak. Uh huh. But then in the in our version, she has like almost a full a full dress, dress or, or something. Yeah. You'll see stuff like that, but the references. Yeah. You know the reference when it's the dialogue where you you see that most heavy censorship. It's only America that cares about that shit. Everybody else is like, yeah, we know y'all know. You're adults. Okay, video right? games are for kids. Right. <laughs> uh, Colonel Trigger, how can I sell this story to you without spoiling it? Well, so I mean. It starts off, starts off with you, a little kid. You wake up and your mom, your mom's like, hey, man, get up. Get up, son. It's time to go to the fair. And you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go to the fair. You can go to the fair and you can play some games and have fun in this 16-bit fair. And they're like, hey, come check out this uh, teleportation thing. Uh, this so-and-so scientist is going to show this thing off. They're like, hey, we need a volunteer. And your character's like, hey, I'll do it. And you get in, and he pushes the button, and you go from one Man, place. Man, you just played this game. How can you not know it was, it was uh, what's her name, Meryl, that jumped in the teleporter? I'm getting there. First, it's Chrono. Is it? Yeah, Chrono does it first. Chrono wow. Chrono teleported, actually. And then Marl's, uh, is it Marl? I, I never Mer- Meryl is the one that uh the princess is the first she's one. She's like Princess hey, Nadia. To- <laughs> yeah, Princess Nadia. Uh she's like, Hey, I wanna try it and they're like, Sure, go ahead and she gets in there and he presses the button and something starts to react. You don't know what. Mm-hmm. But it's something starts to react and acts all funny and sparks fly everywhere and electricity happens and a fucking teleportation thing op- opens up. She gets sucked in and she gets vanished away. And everybody's like, Uh show's over. Oh shit and they're like, what are we gonna do? We, we gotta go find that girl. They don't know it's the princess yet. They're like, we gotta go find her. And your character, Chrono, steps up. It's like, he don't say anything, but they're like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna go. Cool. Well, we'll, we'll open this up, and you know, you can go save him. And that's how the game starts. Yep. You are sent back in time to go rescue this pretty girl. You find out who the pretty girl is. You find out who the the the. And I figured this out. Okay, spoilers for the quest that you're on right then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chrono Cross could not exist. Thank God. I will tell you why. Because in that first quest, what happened? To describe the sequence of events. All right, you, you arrived back. Spoilers in- for the first quest in Chrono Trigger. Okay, you arrived back in 600 AD. Yes. You, you're in that little grassy area. You fight the little roly polies and the, yep. little, the little imps or whatever. Yep. 
you leave. Yep. And if you, aside from exploring the town, you can go into the forest, which leads into the castle. Yes. And then you talk to the king, and he's like, hey, the queen's back there or whatever. whatever. Well, no, the queen's missing. I think the queen was supposed to be kidnapped at this point. Or was it? Nope. The queen just got rescued. The queen had just got rescued. Oh. But when you go and check the queen, it's not the queen. It's actually... Princess Nadia, who looks exactly like the queen. Then what happens? She gets... Like, oh shit, I'm feeling funny. Ah! And she gets. Her grandmother didn't get rescued. Mm -hmm. So, in the linear fucking timeline, (laughs) she disappears. There is no, oh, we fucked up time. No, she just, it just fucking fixes itself back to the future style. I think we need to have a talk with our friend and, and get the timeline. Get. Get time no, travel. Chrono Cross <laughs> does not make sense now. <laughs> so There's no sense. way that shit... They didn't go and make 20,000 different fucking universes. The universe corrects itself on the fly right that second. She disappears right in front of you mm-hmm. because her grandmother dies in that fucking cathedral mm-hmm. because she was never rescued because they found her. Paradox. I, uh, I just want to remind you that this is technically... 13 this is episode 13 this is technically 15 episodes that you've talked about Chrono Cross. that's fucking right and i'm not gonna stop the more that you talk about it the more you keep it in the limelight that's Remember right that. i'm gonna keep it angry i'm gonna keep people I won't, i've got to spread the word that this game is bullshit and doesn't deserve you're gonna to have exist. you're gonna have the five naysayers that go yeah man that was bullshit you got the you got the 10 that go man i grew up with it you got the 40 that go they're going to fold their arms and go, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go play this game and see if it's as bad as he says it is. And they're going to go, you know what? It wasn't that bad of a game. You're just fucking crazy. Fuck you. Which means you <laughs> made it more popular. God game. damn it. <laughs> Can't win. Uh, so, uh, back to, back, I guess, well, you've already spoiled, you're already in spoilers for Chrono Trigger. The, the basic point is you go through, you have to go through different eras in time in Chrono Trigger. And yeah. You're chasing down a you're chasing down a magician. You're you're trying to you're trying to help a a, a frog. You a get character. fucking just lost in time trying to fix. You're trying to find your way home. Yep, you find All kinds fucking, of weird you, things. You find a fucking robot. You fix and repair. He becomes a pal. You find out his history. You find all it, as opposed to Suikoden that has 108 characters that not all 108 truly get fleshed out. The Six, seven characters in Chrono Trigger, they get fleshed out. And they get fleshed out twice over. They yeah. all, with the exception of Chrono, well, you're playing through Chrono's story, so of course his story's fleshed out. But everybody gets a main quest story, and then you have a follow-up quest as like a side quest. You can learn even more about them. You can correct wrongs. You can, you can learn history. You can, all kind of stuff. Oh yeah. It, it is time travel and an RPG told beautifully very well done so that's two storylines right off the bat that just so good so good take the wheel sir okay well as far as games that i would consider to be sick nasty storyline wise mm-hmm. uh let's see if we can divert from our usual suspects let's get out of our wheelhouse oh god <laughs> oh, oh, oh god! Oh Every god! Every time I say wheelhouse, somebody has to take. Every time you say wheelhouse, a bird dies. Oh, whoa! A bird dies. Why are you, why are you want 
We do not condone uh, that. It does. Poof, just, just an explosion of feathers. I was going to say every time we, we say wheelhouse, this is like four times now uh-huh. that we say wheelhouse. There's five. Somebody has to take a drink. This is very bad for the people that are driving, though. Please don't drink and drive. We do not condone that in any way, shape, or form. Yes, we do. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Die. Wait. Yes. Wait. Wait. <laughs> yes to the wait or wait. Yeah. I've done fucking. Yeah, we don't brain. condone drinking and driving. Period. Get out of our Except wheelhouse. Except for while you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> Get out of my wheelhouse of RPGs and think of a good story. This person's dead. <laughs> oh man, the um. Oh, please say the Metal Gear Solid storyline. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Oh 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 no. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna back off that for just a second. <laughs> we're gonna back off of that completely. We're, gonna, we're just gonna we're gonna take that. And we're gonna file it. We're over gonna here. put a hand up to Metal Gear Rex, and we're gonna go shoo shoo, and Rex is gonna turn around. And he's gonna stomp off. That was pretty cool at the end of Metal Gear 4 where they fought the Rex and the, uh, you had the Rex fight the Ray. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I will say that. As loopy as his fucking storylines were. It was so he, fucking fun to play him. He em. did know how to have points where you go, oh shit. Like, okay, you may not like Raiden. Uh-huh. I get it. And you will probably never play Rising Revengeance for whatever reason. But you gotta admit when Raiden showed up in Metal Gear Solid 4, and was a complete fucking badass. It went over the top. But you were like, I remember you. You're that bitch from Metal Gear Solid 2. And he takes off the cloak and you're like, you're a robot? And he's like, watch me. And he fucking waylays everything. You're like, wow. You still got that girlfriend? That ultra clingy girlfriend? That was a total fucking rube. That was just there to fuck your life over. Yeah, and I you mean. stuck with her and had <laughs> kids like, anyway. What the fuck? I, and somebody out there right now was, is pushing his glasses on his husband. Well, well, actually. Well, actually, that's, the, that's his sister that he fucked. And, <laughs> I don't know what's That wrong. was Otacon. <laughs> Stop! That was, was a little girl. Stop! <laughs> that was Otacon. She was not a little girl. <laughs> you had to like. Swim her Stop. around. She was on your back. Stop. He carried her it through the entire It was only implied that was, they had a thing. It didn't say that he Was it implied? Well, actually. It was more than implied. There was a, there was a, there was a com call made where he actually said, I fucked my little sister. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, God. Anyway. Fucking Adam, Kojima. Adam why? Focus. Kojima, favorite, why? Favorite game stories or storylines. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Not RPGs for a second. Anyway. Let's, uh, let's let's get off the RPGs and let's go with Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Okay. Simplistic as it gets. Are you being serious right now? I'm being dead serious. This here's is the one thing. Of your fa- here's are, here's stop the thing. Pulling stuff out of the rear. No. This is one of your favorite this is one stories. Storyline. This is one of my favorite things. From a game that is a storyline. It is serious. <clears throat> wow. Why Why would you... You don't think Punch-Out has a good story? Shh. You can summarize that... That Doom has a larger storyline than Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Doom has no storyline in Bullshit. the game. In the game, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's got a wall of text at the beginning and a wall of text at the end. Yeah, exactly, which tells a story. Mike Tyson's story. What? Little Mac comes up in the boxing world, fights his way up the ladder, beats Mike Tyson. The end. As compared to 
Final Fantasy VI story. You know what? This is your turn. Go ahead and take. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. Go ahead and take as the one of your favorite game stories or storylines that you want to flesh out and sell to people. Go ahead. Wow, what a dick! <laughs> I like this game. I like this game story because as you go through, you're looking at it and you're <clears throat> the actual plot of the game is always told in between the rounds. Mm-hmm. You have the plots. You have Mac is silent. Mac is a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. Doc is always the one saying, "Okay, well, you know, you can do this." Blah 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 blah. He's talking Mac up through each one of these fights, and you watch as his rank, as he goes through the ranks, and he becomes more and more cut as you're going along, and he's fighting more and more people. It's one of the coolest fucking stories out there for when it came out. Mm-hmm. Most games at that in that era were just like, okay, well, we'll give you a vague thing in the in the actual manual you know you you open up a game manual you'll get like a page or two a story and then you go off and do some weird shit during the game mm-hmm. this one gave you you could tell what the hell was going on from the get-go yeah and he was like okay well this guy's trying to work his way up the ladder <clears throat> and you worked your way up the ladder be it it's a sports game mm-hmm. okay sports games are what they are but it tells a cohesive plot it tells a cohesive story of this guy climbing up the ranks and he becomes like the welterweight champion. And he becomes the middleweight champion. And finally he becomes the heavyweight champion. Yeah. <clears throat> the entire time, he's the underdog. It doesn't have to be said. It's a beautiful example is every time you have one of these big fights, right before it, you'll have him, you'll have the little cutscene, Mac running behind the bike. You know? Like, Doc stole his bike, and he's trying to get it back. Ah, I know? knew it. <laughs> One of us was going to do it. I'm glad it was you. Damn. <laughs> so, you see them, like, they're they're doing, like, the Rocky training montage. Mm-hmm. And they run, you know, catch by the Statue of Liberty, and he's like, oh, yeah, they're ready to fight now. That stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And the reason it stuck with me is because it's as simple as you can get it's as simple and elegant as a, of a plur, of a story as you can get mm-hmm. it shows progression of a character it shows their struggle and their arc with minimal effort mm-hmm. you know if you fired up a football game from the same era you get none of this yeah you get no connection to players on the field you it's felt pick you, your teams and play the game you felt a connection to little mac oh yeah so, I mean, you can make fun of the, the concept of Punch Out being a great story, but you will feel the character connection there. Yeah. You will feel that. Does it have, is he saving the fucking world? No. He's fighting for money. Yeah. You know, he's, and I'll make that argument too. You don't have to have, and we just, we just talked about this earlier. You don't have to have world ending or universe ending stakes that you, you know, it can be simple. sometimes you can, you can tell a small premise and, have it be a huge deal because mm-hmm. it, you know, these are the day to day struggles of people. You know, it's just a person trying to, trying to clear out a bad building. Mm-hmm. It can be a good story or a, a guy trying to work his way up. There's been a lot of movies, you know, Rocky style movies where, you know, some guys like oh, yeah. trying to achieve his dream of mm-hmm. becoming the world's greatest fucking loogie hawker or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. You know, and it's just a story of one man trying to trying to work his way up. 
And that's kind of the way this came off, but very simply. Yeah. When I think of what is the minimum you can do to sell a character, that's what I think of. It is one of the defining when I when I look back and say, okay, well, if I was going to design a game and I wanted to make a character, but I didn't want to have a whole lot of writing, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, all the writing takes place in between the rounds, and they're doing nothing but talking about the fight. Yeah. You know, they're like, Mac, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's encouraging the words that are used encourage Mac. So you can tell, okay, he's kind of nervous about this. Yeah. He's nervous about fighting this dude because this dude is obviously a shit ton bigger than him. Yeah. And you can tell the other guy's talking shit like, oh, you're a little dude. I'm going to whoop your ass. You know, you, you get the sense. Okay. He's, he's up against a huge odds and he keeps overcoming them. Mm-hmm. That's his. Baseline, baby basic, but eloquently done as you can get. Yeah, good point. Sephiroth did nothing wrong. That's right. <laughs> King Hippo did nothing wrong. On the vein of Doom, I'll take an, I'll take the next take one. Doom. I think Doom six two thousand sixteen had a very good. Story. Oh God! Now, and I like. And oh, this, oh God! You will see and hear this harped on a lot. If you ever play the game, you'll understand it. Here's the old. I mean the old like ninety five Doom story. Okay. We go to we go to the moon. We fuck around on the moon. We yeah. we try to harvest shit. We look for stuff. We find these artifacts. We use the artifacts. We open up a portal to hell. Hell is loose. We send one fucking marine up to the moon. Marine kicks fucking ass. Saves the day. Comes back home. Doom 2016 takes that same idea, but it just fleshes out a little more, but only a little more. The world has evolved around him. There are people and machines, like technology has advanced far beyond. He's just a fucking Marine. Mm -hmm. So we as humanity, and for all the well actuallys that are getting their fucking typewriters ready, I've only played through the game one time, and I was too busy shooting shit and fucking having a damn good time to... To really chomp on the story of it. But I got what the story was. Mm-hmm. We've advanced. We've actually found alien, what we thought were alien ruins or whatever. And we've used their technology to advance ourselves at a civilization. Well, come to find out, it wasn't fucking technology from aliens. It was fucking demonic shit that we were using. Doom guy wakes the fuck up, sees this shit, and is like, oh, hell no. And the whole time he's got people, usually one person in his ear saying, well, just just calm down now. This is advanced technology. It's helped humanity. It's for the good. And Doom Guy says, and just punches shit to death. <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit. I don't want to hear that shit. There's demons on the loose. And you're doing bad shit, and I'm going to stop you. The fucking end. Yeah. Very simplistic and very good. There's actually a point, and I know I'm going to misquote this, but there's a point where he walks up to this thing. It's like a power cell and or reactor or something. And the guy's in his ear. He's like, that that right there, that probably that power is probably about, you know, three city blocks or three cities. If, you know, if it's good that we have this. Doom guy just destroys it. And he's like, well, that was a minor setback. Thanks for that, you know. <laughs> like he keep, he keeps having people push on him like we're doing good and he's like no I'm getting a gun and I'm shooting shit to death <laughs> so a uh, very simplistic story and the game around it pushes that it 
you get all these little little subtle things in the game that go doom guy does not fuck around doom yeah. guy ain't got time for your shit doom guy knows what's going on and he has our best interest in mind he's not he's not playing yeah um another good simple story that i can think of i think i was looking at it on my wall actually oh no i'm sorry not simplistic story it's not on my wall I can hear the pitchforks now, especially from the battlefield guys that are like, you motherfucker, you went to the light side, shut up. I loved the story in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I loved it. Oh, man, I completely disagree. I loved the story, and I loved the way it was told. Oh, man. It was told in a very generic way. I get that. It's very fucking sit-down, popcorn-face way. And I'm sure that everybody saw every twist in it every way. And I'm sure that nobody, people don't like it because of the controversial scene where they shoot the airport up. I know the reasons why people don't like it. Not me. I'm simplistic. I liked it. I enjoyed the story all the way through. All the points that were supposed to be gripping gripped me. All the points that were supposed to shock me shocked me. All the points that were supposed to be sad were sad. And all the hoo-ah moments, I hoo-ahed with them. So... I I can go back today and go play the story of Modern Warfare 2. Counter-argument. It's not always an argument. It's always an I'm argument. I'm talking about my favorite. It's always an argument. Come on, man. When you fucking had the mission, spoiler for Modern Warfare 2, when you had that mission where you were supposed to fucking defend that house and your whole fucking team was there and the general was like, I got you. I'm bringing the fucking rescue plane in. Just hold the bitches off and I will get there. Clear path. And the helicopter's coming. And the helicopter gets there and your buddies are wounded. And you're dragging each other. And and the general shows up. I told you I came and got you, buddies. And you're like, that's a leader who helps me out. Hell yeah. And he's like, did you get that data pad? And you're like, yeah, I got you. This guy's wounded. He's like, come on, give me that pad. Get in the helicopter. We're going to freedom. You give him. He goes, thanks. Bam. And shoots ghost. And bam, shoots you. I was like, oh, fuck no. Oh, hell no. Hell, that, that was moving. That gripped me. I'm sure, sure I'm sure there are people out there going, oh, come on, man. You didn't see the general was a bad guy. No, I didn't. Sorry. I'm fucking naive and stupid. I'm the perfect I'm audience. Gonna, I'm going to take I this in like, a direction. <gasps> wow. I'm going to take this in a direction you may not have seen. I think we've talked about it before, but I'm not certain. When I played the first Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. okay, when I played the first Modern Warfare, I got all those feelings. Yeah. Well, okay. that, 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 I'm going to pause. Keep going. Okay. I'm pause I would, I would put the I first. I played Modern Warfare 2 before I played Modern Warfare 1. Okay. So there's our perspective. Okay. So coming at it from the first Modern Warfare and looking at exactly how that went down mm-hmm. and you know, you get all those gut punches and all that. Yeah. I'm not going to deny that the set pieces were good. In Modern Warfare 2. My objection to that story, however, is that in the first game, you were not a fucking action hero. Yeah. This is the moment when Call of Duty became COD. Yeah. I I can see that. Okay. This is when fucking it became a bro game and you started putting fucking... You know, tiger fucking emblems on the side of your fucking gun that was, you know, weird fucking camouflaged out. I'm only talking about the single player. I'm not, I'm not not talking about the multiplayer either. I'm saying this is the moment where the game started being very dumb. 
it decided that it was going to leave the scope of reality. In the first game, you play through the, you know, your first little scene is as a leader and you get thrown in the back of a car and, you know, put up, tied to a stake and shot. Yep. And you're like, whoa. Whoa, what did I just, what did I just witness? What did I just experience? And then you play through the game as, uh, soap and you're, you're like, okay, that's cool. And you go through as Sergeant Jackson and you're like, all right, I'm kicking some more ass. And you're going back and forth between soap and Sergeant Jackson and they're, they're both just devastating things. Uh-huh. You know? And Sergeant Jackson goes through this massive part where he attack, and you know, he, he, they're, trying to extract and he discovers um he discovers that you know a pilot got downed and they all get out and just in the middle of a firefight they go and just just completely fucking save the shit out of this pilot and you're fucking warring it back to the helicopter and you get in the helicopter and you fly off and you're looking back at the city and you're shooting at people who are sh- trying to shoot the helicopter down as you're flying back through. Uh-huh. And then a nuke goes off. And you see all the other helicopters around you. Went 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 boom. Went 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 boom. And then your helicopter goes went went and you grab on and you're holding on. And then you wake up in the wreckage of the helicopter. Yep. And you stand up and wobble out into the mushroom cloud. Looking around at this destroyed city around you. Yep. And you fall over. And then your name comes up on the list of fucking hundreds of thousands of KIA. Mm-hmm. That's moving. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that Call of Duty had that wrong. Those were extremely good moments. But up until Modern Warfare 2, it had been moving. It had just ratcheted the... The cinematics up. They had finally mastered their storytelling. Yeah. Okay. All the other Call of Duties up until this were about a normal soldier answering the Call of Duty and giving the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You know, going out, you were a Russian soldier on the front. You didn't even start with a gun and you're going around, you know, you're watching your buddies die beside you and you're, you're trying to fucking make do with what you got. You were just a normal dude. You weren't superhuman. You weren't some fucking action hero. You weren't going to be capable of anything of repeated superhuman feats. Let me ask you this. Let me just let me just curb stomp your argument straight. Oh, oh okay. Come on. I'm talking make you go, I'm sorry I brought this up. Uh oh. Uh oh. Have you played in Rainbow Six games? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Rainbow Six team? Yep. You know that those are globe trotting problem-solving motherfuckers. Yep. Nuclear, biological, terrorist, or fucking subsurgence in a building. Okay. They pull some shit. Yeah. Did you enjoy the stories of Rainbow Six? Uh, Rainbow Six stories are a bit different, and they're told a bit different than modern warfare stories. Did you enjoy the stories of Rainbow Six? Did I enjoy? I enjoyed some of. Did them. you enjoy? Do you do you have a problem with the idea of a, of an elite group of people kicking ass, getting shit done, sure. saving the world? No, 
Well, then that's what Modern Warfare Well, then here's the was. problem is, is you go from two. Saving Private Ryan to Saving Private Ryan 2. Fuck the Germans. <laughs> and they come in there riding on top of a fucking P-51 surfing it. And they fucking ride it straight down. It crashes. The guy jumps okay. down on the ground, okay, does a look, barrel roll, I, and then fucking kills I, I three dudes with I, his I, knife. I also have problems with, snow, with, with snowmobiling down uphill. And randomly waving my gun around and the change in tone. The change in tone is the issue. I get that they expert, they easy moded the set pieces. I get that for cinematic effect, but from the cinematic, from the story perspective, from the cinematic story perspective, I was like, yeah, cool, like it, had fun with it. And I will always make this comparison. You take a Bethesda game, their story. It's 400 miles deep. Mm-hmm. Their storytelling is like a baby with a book, with mm-hmm. a novel. Yeah. They can't fucking read it. It can just piss on the pages. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it, it puts them in its mouth. It chews them. It takes a piss on them. It falls asleep and drools Here you go, all over. Michael, write me a novel. He's pissing on the notebook. Yep. Great. That, you're starting, you Story, gotta start somewhere. Bethesda is, Bethesda is a terrible wooden actor fucking they do not know how to do cinematics mm-hmm. they don't know how to tell their story they have the great stories mm-hmm. they're not really that good at telling them and they've got weird glitches yeah modern warfare is the inverse mm-hmm. modern warfare went from being poignant stories about single people and them overcoming realistically insurmountable odds you know, it'd be like, okay. my head at you right now. Why are you shaking your head? We, we t- terrorism is a real thing. Okay. Terrorism to the point of, of, of nuclear threat is and could be a real thing. That's not, they're not calling in aliens and we're, I mean, maybe in modern, maybe in Call of Duty infinite warfare there is. I don't know. You break but, into a Russian prison to get fucking Captain Price. Yeah. Singularly out. And then he, Breaks onto a submarine and fucking launches nukes by himself because he's got the nuclear codes. Yeah, no, fuck you. He has fuck intel. you. That makes no goddamn he has intel sense. Intel in his ear. Come yeah, on. he does. Yeah, that's. You it. really want to start picking apart video I'm picking, game I'm, store? You want a cinema sins video I'm, game? I'm, gonna, I'm picking apart the change and how it threw me off. You're telling me faithful. I'm telling you why I was not a bad. Guy I'm telling you why time. I would take. Yeah, because he was. <laughs> that was good. You you just like put swing. You just deflected that off. Very good. So you take the first game where it was a story about a guy that was just doing the best he could and barely getting it done or not getting it done in a lot of cases. And then you take a story and it's it's the difference between saving Private Ryan and the Expendables. You're making the Die Hard argument. I am. Die Hard One was was, you know, him it was fighting terrorists in a building. Too. Yep. I'm now flipping helicopters and yeah, trodden. I get it. I don't equate these two. Because well, that's because you played you them had, in opposite order. You had yeah, and you have military people that focused on the average Joes, and that's very good. That then you had them focus on a specific team, uh, an elite of elite team that had connections and could get shit done. And that decided to fight against the government. 
Yeah. yeah. The government that fucked them. The, the you're government that your supervisor, the gun me your decided. shop supervisor pulls a gun on you, you're not going to turn traitor on him? I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you that when that kind of stuff is portrayed, for one, what stupid motherfucker would do that himself? He went into a war zone. Pulled out his revolver mm-hmm. that he somehow has, mm-hmm. being in the army. <laughs> okay, he has a fucking uh, not obviously non-issued revolver that he has. Mm-hmm. It's gigantic and way. Yeah, this thing's got like a fucking eight-inch barrel on it. Okay, Barry Burton's like even I wouldn't use that. And he's That's like Jesus Christ, great. Jill. <laughs> so he looks. Yeah, it, the story began to not, it began, the suspension of disbelief immediately shattered in that game. Okay, I'm not saying that it wasn't done well. Because, yeah, it's engaging. Mm-hmm. Because it's told really well. Okay. Okay, it's just like, you know, if you have a person with a lot of charisma tell you fucking a really shitty story, they can make you feel be like, okay, well, I'm kind of interested in this. Well, if we're talking about favorite or memorable or most memorable whatever stories, it doesn't have to be just that it's a good story. It could be I'm that it was tell- a good story. That was a uh, I'm story not, told well. I'm just telling you why I would have flopped the two around. Okay. I'm telling you that in, in that one's place, I would stick Modern Warfare 1. Gotcha. Okay. To me. Do you at least admit that the Modern Warfare 2 story was good? No. Well, then, then I say no. <laughs> the story, the story telling was good. Then the story it. itself was bad. Then it. That's my, that's my argument. Yeah. My argument is the story was terrible. The storytelling was great. Next game's on you, sir. Xenogyas. Go ahead. Xenogyas. Oh, and for, for, uh, for insider reference, for, uh, behind the curtains, last episode, between uh on one of our breaks we actually sat outside for probably a good hour and 15 way longer than what our breaks usually are and <laughs> adam proceeded to go through every character and give me their story and i actually understood the story a little better when he did it that way we're not going to be doing that today <laughs> no no i yeah, we don't have enough time and i don't have enough patience yeah but go ahead, sir. Take why is Xenogears such a good story? What can you tell us about it, etc.? Xenogears is the epitome of a deep story. Oh, geez. it is metaphorical. The epitome. Me- it it has things that you are going to straightforward understand. It has things that are going to take you some time. It has layers and depth. You can't understand it until you've experienced it, and you won't fully understand it until you've experienced it several times and you're able to piece things together. Right. The overall plot is unique. You won't find another plot out there that's similar. And it's got giant fucking robots, dude. Yeah. Yeah. How about one more do you need? It's an RPG that has giant fighting robots. Yep. You know, so, wow. <laughs> How many of those do you get? I think Front Mission is the only other one. Mm-hmm. So, there's there's not really time travel involved in this, but there is a story that spans a long, a long time. Long time. Long time. You get little flashback sequences every now and then, mm-hmm. but not. There's no time travel involved. There are timeless characters. There are characters that exist for eons. Mm-hmm. 
or millennia rather. Yeah. Um, but oh man, it's it's so good, mm-hmm. and it starts off so small, and it becomes such a big thing, and you you get to see just how people's perspectives color their entire world. Yep, you know. You, you go and you talk to the people in this little woodland village and they're not, they're just concerned about the day, the day to day goings on of, you know, the other local villagers. They're talking about each other and like, mm-hmm. oh, did you, did you see what's his name? You know, you might want to get a handle on that kid before he does something stupid, mm-hmm. you know, and then you move into the bigger cities and they're worried about, oh, well, we got war with this people and I'm just not sure. I fuck, you know what? Fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. They killed my brother. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. And you move up a little bit more and you get, well, I'm not concerned with what the hell they're doing. I just, I'm worried about buying this new thing that's on TV, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to, I'm not concerned. I just want to get the new toy. I want to go out and spend my money and I got to go to work and I got to do all, I'm, you know, I'm concerned with my research. Mm-hmm. You see the different ways these civilizations are put together and the different little things they worry about over time. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you get to see how those illusions are shattered when reality comes to yep. light. And yep. you're like, wow, how the hell did all this make sense? Mm-hmm. But it did. It did. It did. If you were paying attention, if you caught it all, if you want a, if you want a thinking RPG, that's the one you go for. Oh, yeah. Is it by, by and large, the storytelling is nine and fucking five okay so (laughs) the first disc is a nine it's gonna fucking give you the story exactly as it was intended Mm -hmm. the second disc they rushed it you're gonna get a couple of walls of text Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen they're gonna sit you down and say this happened this happened this happened this happened this happened this happened we're sorry (laughs) and you know i would have loved xenogears would probably be a would have been like a three or four disc game Mm -hmm. had they actually been able to flesh out that second disc i hope one day they do yeah if square ever if square's gonna remake final fantasy 7 they should fucking remake xenogears i agree and i think if they i've i know nothing about the other xeno games i think there's like what four they are not directly they are not directly connected okay if they did not chrono cross it or if they yes if they did not do a what was that chrono trigger ds game that they remade chrono trigger to tie it to chrono cross that's a retcon well the retcon whatever yeah if as long no, it's as a, it's a, it was called chrono trigger for the ds but okay. it was retcon as version. long as they didn't as long as they don't retcon xeno gears if they just leave it like it is but maybe go in and kind of engineer the storytelling a little better maybe maybe fold the story in on itself a little better easier to understand mm-hmm. great i'll take it because it needs it the the problem is is that it's such a big story it's so finely layered i don't think they could have told the story better well you when you said yourself, if you want the second it, disc, they throw a lot the of second the second you. disc could be redone completely yes that's what i mean if they could redo the second disc the first disc is perfect because it's leaves you Completely in the dark mm-hmm. until all the lights come on in front of, to the sides of, and behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're looking forward to the side and back and like, what, what was that? What, wait, wait, what, where was I? What, when I was doing this, I was actually doing, you know, 
you go through one area where you find the the mutated humans, mm-hmm. and they're all falling down on the conveyor belts and being cut up. Oh man! And fed to the population. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, and uh, I remember the it. the scene right before that. Your character made the decision to eat. He's like, "Oh, there's cans of food here," and you know. One of your characters is like, I probably wouldn't want to eat that. And he, they're like, yeah, I guess we can. You know, I'm kind of, I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten in forever. I just need to get some food in me. Did he say it was good? Yeah, there was something like that. Like, it was yum. like, it was like, oh, I hit the spot. And then they walk through there and see what what's happening, and they're like, oh no. Did he make himself? Throw up or just and you could hear in. like the stomach sound like the <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> the game was so masterfully told it's just one of those things you go back and you catch once you once you know what the end is you go back and you catch little things yeah here and there like okay all right i'm kind of seeing how this is tying in and i'm seeing how this is going just if they could redo the second desk that would be fine with me. That would be all I needed. I'm going to throw out two. Okay. First one I'm going to throw out is a uh, first-person shooter, again, since we're on this track. Mm-hmm. Titanfall 2 has a great story. Now, the here's why it's great. 90% of the population that played or is playing uh, Titanfall 2 is playing it because you fight fucking robots against robots. Really, you learn that the pilots versus pilots in Titanfall 2. Fucking robots against regular robots. Is even better. You get to fight pilots against pilots. Oh. The reason why that's important is because you would think in a game that features mechs, you're going to be like, I need to get my power up and go straight to the Titan. Well, you understand really quick, if you're a pilot, you got mad fucking maneuverability. You got, you're, you get more points from killing pilots as opposed to mechs. You're often going to, you're not going to see as many Titans. This is all a multi- multiplayer bullshit I'm throwing at you right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're thinking this, and you're seeing multi- gameplay footage and all that, and you're thinking, somebody says, oh yeah, by the way, storyline. And you're like, I don't fucking care. It's a first-person shooter. I'm going to get online and kill my buddies. <laughs> then you play the story of Titanfall 2. They got their head out of their ass with this story. It really? wasn't just a throwaway. It was a damn good solo campaign. It tells a story of a pilot coming up, Finding some shit going down and trying to pretty much trying to save the world, so to speak. But it's very, very contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also very well done because there are set pieces and points in this game where you do things and you're like, wow, I can do this as a pilot fucking crazy. And they're like, yep, now that part's done. Move on to the next story. And you're like, oh, oh. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you, you find a, you find there's a point in the game where you get to do basically teleportation and you're like, Oh shit. And you're thinking, you know, like a standard game. I just upgraded this. And it's like, no, 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 no. This was segregated in this because you were in this area doing this specific thing. You're out of that now. Keep, keep on with the story. Um, you actually have a Titan that has a personality and has a quirky personality because he's a robot. And it's just like, it's like any typical AI that's trying to be human. Just yeah. Doesn't quite it just make doesn't it. Doesn't quite make it. But he does his best. It's like, was that humor? Yes, it was. I'm human. I don't understand humor, but here's my humor. And you're like, God, that was fucking funny as hell. Shit like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
spoilers for Titanfall 2, has a great fucking end, close to the end game sequence, where uh, your Titan basically gets destroyed. In yeah. front of you, you see this happen. Now, you and me are like, that's a fucking robot. What do you care? But you understand the story builds as to where you care about that robot. Yeah. You care about him because he cares about you. He is, I am tied to my pilot. I will always, I will die to save my pilot's life if I have to. And it comes to a point where that basically happens. And at the very end, you always see on the front of the Titan, there's like a bulb. There's like there, his eye, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You all, it's, it's not something you pay attention to, but it's how it looks around. Well, at the end, when it's about to, you know, die, about to do its last whatever, it pops this off and gives it to you. And it's like, now go finish the mission. In that little thing, you you pop that eye part out. That eye part is him. It's his basically his CPU. So his memory, his data, all of what makes that robot him is in that. But it's also a safety measure. Because the box pops open and there's two, there's a fucking pistol inside that has smart <laughs> bullets. Those bullets are one shot, one kill, heat seeking bullets. He's Jeez. like, get the fuck out of here. So you went from, oh shit, I'm tied up in shackles, the bad guy's gonna win, to where he says, here's my conscience and all the data that you need to finish the mission. Now here's your fucking shoot everything. Fuck everybody gun, get out of dodge. So you're like, oh yeah, you're running through the level just just shooting people and flying through. It's like God mode in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, them, them bullets have to be like a million dollars a piece, man. That's fucking crazy. But it's it's an <laughs> and they just put them in these things to, so they get blown they, up and never used. Yeah, they're like they're like a last ditch effort for a pilot. If you're in a last ditch situation where your your Titan is done for, you need to get the fuck out of dodge. You got a gun with like fifty bullets where you can, you know, shoot people and defend yourself. Hmm. So you but you were not told that. You were not giving any hint about that through the game. Nobody was like, Oh man, remember that time I was on that planet and my Titan died? I'm glad I pulled the last measure box out. Nobody says that shit. Uh it has a name. I forget the name of it. It uses initialism or something. It tells you, hmm? Seer. Oh yeah, that's but I forget it. Anyways, it's a very empowering moment. Uh, this story is, I think this story in a whole is probably about, the campaign's maybe four hours long, maybe. Yeah. Very short. But it j- j- from a first-person shooter game's perspective, that's not just let's just run and gun and get to the action that we want to tell you a very tight story and make it where you're entertained and you're emotionally drawn in and you have all those woohoo moments. It's got them. It's got that's all cool. The other one, which I don't know, it's sad that I'm not going to be able to talk for four hours about this one because I think it is even more, it's it's way better of a story, mm-hmm. but it is also very small. It's small for a reason. Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, God. Here we go. Spoilers for Shadow of the Colossus. If you played it, follow along with me because, man, you need to have these moments again if you hadn't. The fucking horse dies. The so end. this fucking game starts out with this guy riding a horse to a temple. On the back of the horse, he has this fucking girl wrapped up in a cloak or whatever. You don't know it's a girl in a cloak. You just see this guy is riding to a temple with somebody in his arms. Little to no dialogue. Not only is he riding to the temple, but it keeps cutting back because people are falling behind him. You don't know why. They, I mean, he's human. You see they're human. They have masks on. You don't know what they're, what they're about, but they're... They're either chasing him or they're following him, and you can't, you understand why. 
Mm-hmm. You get to this temple. He throws the body on the little altar, and it's a girl. And it's the deity, whatever, this temple's like, I see you have somebody dead here. You need somebody to raise her back from the dead. I can do that. In this temple are statues. There's 16 of them. They're all tied to, to Colossus in the world. If you can kill them, I can siphon their energy, and I will use that energy to bring this girl back to life. So now, within the first five minutes, you get the story. I'm not saving the princess. I'm killing things to bring her back to life. Cool. Every time now, and that and that's where the story stops. Now the game picks up where you're just going from point A to point B, point A to point B, point A to point B, just killing Colossus. Yep. A little bit of horse riding, a lot of how the fuck do I bring these gigantic beasts down? And if you pay attention, every time that you kill a Colossus, the little shadow things pierce you and whatever, but your cloak starts to darken. If you're not paying attention, you might not miss it. I mean, you may miss it, but if you're paying attention, you will notice. When you get eight, nine Colossus in, it's it's blacked all over the place. You beat the last one. You you come back, and the guy's like, yeah, I've got you. I got you. I'll, I'll, I'll raise her back from the dead, but here's the problem. And those people start to show up. It's like, I'm not a god. I'm not, I'm not the savior here. I'm actually a demon. And the Colossus that you killed had my energies in them. They were basically holding me back. Now I'm back, thanks to you. And my power is here, but I need a vessel. I can't use her because she's dead. I'm going to use you. And he infects you and turns you into a demon, which has to be killed which gets killed by the people that were following you in the beginning of the game. They were chasing you, basically going, stop. You had heard some legend, some lore, that if you go to this temple and bring a dead person there, they can come back to life. But nobody told you the full story. You didn't have the, you were just like, fuck it, my girlfriend's dying or sick or whatever, I've got to do this. And people behind you that were following you were chasing you down, not to kill you, but to stop you. But now that you've done the bad thing, now you're the demon. Now they have to kill you, which they do. So right in front of her. Yeah, right in front of her. Yeah. So. And then she has tragic lady. story. Great story, but again. And then the horse dies. But then again, this game is based around when you people talk to you about when people talk to you about Witcher. They're going to tell you the great gameplay, but they're going to say, "Man, that story! Wow! Remember all these things with the." With the, the 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 king and then this prince or that guy in that town or this monster, wow, yeah. When people talk about Colossus, they're gonna talk about man. All you do is just a fucking boss fight. It's just a game full of sixteen boss fights. They don't really talk about the story, but that story was good. But it it bookends the game. The story yep. of Shadow Colossus just bookends. Start it. at the front, end at the back. Yep, tells it really well. It's a surprise too. It's a it's a, it's a you didn't see that coming story. So, good one for the ages. Oh yeah. You're up to bat, sir. Oh Game no. Game that had a favorite slash memorable story. Oh, let's go with Far Cry Three. Oh, oh, oh yes. Far Cry Three for multiple reasons. For two thirds, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> had a very memorable villain. Voss was totally fucking awesome. He was probably the one of the best villains that has been in a game in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of personality. Mm-hmm. You can see him now. He's on uh, uh, 
the Breaking Bad sequel, Better Call Saul. He plays one of the main characters, Nacho. Yep. Whenever yeah. you see Nacho. Now, here's that. Here's an interesting tidbit. They weren't going to put this character in the game. Oh, yeah. Until uh, he came in to do the voice acting. Oh, and he yeah. kind of did, uh, he did a little, he put his own spin on the character. Mm-hmm. And they rewrote the character for him. They were like, we got our guy. Yeah, they were like, well, we, you, there's no way we're not putting this dude in the game. Yep. And so he went around just completely. He, he was prototypical bad guy. He did bad things. He, he was a malicious person. But the way he reacted, he would kill the main character, or so he thought. Yeah. And the main character. Spoilers would, for Fallout, uh, Far Cry 3, sorry. He would, And then the main character would come back, and he'd be like, already. Oh, I killed you, and now I'm having to kill you again. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? <laughs> it's doing the same thing over and over again. And getting the same result. And then he kills him again. He comes back again. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, do, do you know the definition of insanity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just keeps doing it over and over and over again. It's one of the coolest villains ever. A reason the only, actual story of the game, man, it was, just, it was pretty good. It was a uh, something you don't see a whole lot. You know, guy goes around slowly acquires superpowers, helps mm-hmm. like a rebel army fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, you know, he's working against this evil evil organization, the pirates slash you know just general bad people. Mm-hmm. He goes around it. It was a pretty epic way to but show you how remember this person, that story in that game because of yeah, Voss. His Voss was the was the thing that drove that thing home. Let me sell this game for y'all. This is the way this game opens, and it, I'll admit, within the first minute, I was already kind of feeling like, "Oh, here's a fucking bro game," because they they do that on purpose. They open this game in a very bro way. All right, it's these like four or five obviously college type kids that are all high, let's fucking party and club and let's drink and fucking chug beers and yeah, bro, yeah, let's go fucking skiing, mountain climbing, skydiving, yeah, we're living the fucking life because our rich parents, bro, yeah. And then the camera fades, pulls off. And what you were seeing were not these teenage kids or college kids epic fucking life, bro. It was something on a smartphone or a video. Yeah, and yeah. Voss is holding it. He was watching it. And he looks at it. He goes, this is a cool phone. I, I like cool. this phone. I like this phone a lot. I think I'm going to keep it. And it, it pans over and these two fucking college dudes are fucking gagged and tied up in this cage. And he's like... You guys thought you had the fucking world. You thought you had it all. But down here, this is my island. You're in my fucking territory now. And I know you two rich kids are going to be worth some money, so I'm about to ransom you off. So now, you're on this island that apparently this dude controls. He has his own mercenary army and everything. You know, rebel army and everything. You got to get the fuck off this island. Yeah. You got to get away from him. And over time... Your goals just shift. Yep. Just and eventually completely 180s. Yeah. Until you're like, okay, well, I believe in this cause. You mm-hmm. know? I believe in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it takes some weird turns. Oh, yeah. Memorable story. Memorable, memorable game. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
you want to talk about a whirlwind roller coaster game that even in all its side facets will leave you going, man, what? Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Three separate stories in a very pulp fictiony way told side by side. But all in the same same main vein of its own story, and they all intersect. They all intersect. They all interact with each other, and they all have their own unique, different outlook on the story. You know, you got the urban gang gangster gang member style style story. You've got the somewhat you know used to be a thief, but has turned sort of straight edge trying to do good in his life and get his life on track and you've got the fucking engine of chaos guy mm-hmm. that's like i just want to make money and watch the world up. burn yep <laughs> i'm telling you the scenes when you like switched over to trevor had me just like what the fuck like you would be playing as mike and doing this thing you're like i'm gonna go switch over to the thing with trevor and it shows Trevor like at some some random house at their poolside in nothing but underwear with a beer bottle in his hand, and then fucking ducks go walking by, and then you're like, "How the fuck did you get here? What are you doing?" Or another time you've been playing to somebody else, and you switch over to him, and it's immediately in a fucking car chase from cops, and you're like in the driver's seat, chase getting beat. He's like, "Come on, you motherfuckers!" And you're like, "Oh, oh, I'm running from the cops, like right now." <laughs> it's like, I got bullet holes in my car. This fucker was being shot. What the fuck were you doing, Trevor? Uh, a whirlwind of trying to make ends meet, trying to get shit happen, trying to plan bank robberies, robberies, fucking being trapped by the FBI and trying to get out of that bullshit. People coming up, people going down. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, it's it's an amazing plot. It is a good ride. Especially how everything intersects. Oh, man. Such a good ride. Yes. Very well told. Um. Of course, there are other big, big mentions like, I mean, The Witcher 3. Yeah. The Witcher in general has a, has a wide story, but The Witcher 3 is, it's, it does it in a very cinematic way. It does it in a very concise way. And on the onset, they give you the big baddie. I mean, Geralt has the big baddie that he's going after, but my God, everything else around and leading up to that is just a whirlwind of, Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, man. I mean, there are just so many good games. It's impossible to talk about all of them. Yeah. But, I mean, you have the, the Castlevania storylines. Mm-hmm. You have your, uh, you know, the Lunar storylines. And, you're, of course, you already mentioned Chrono Trigger. And, mm-hmm. you know, you go through every single one of these games would take all day. Yeah. yeah. All day. Mm-hmm. But I think the last one I want to talk about, really, is Mega Man. Oh, you're touching it's, my heart. Yeah. Oh. Let's, uh, let me let you, because you probably can tell this better than oh. I can. Let's, uh, let, me, let me hear Mega Man's plot line. Oh, which one? Are we talking Mega let's Man? Talk. Are we talking Mega Man X? Let's, uh, let's hear Mega X. Man Zero? X, is, Mega X, Man seems, Network? <laughs> X seems to be the... Uh, um, Let me talk about X in general just the first x 
because they all build on this one. Okay. But X is done. And I mean, if you've never played Mega Man X and somebody threw the controller down in front of you and said, play, this game tells its story from the get go. It gives you an entire intro level that teaches you about your character. It shows you that he has a fucking weapon and he shoots, pew, pew, he shoots fucking lemons out. Cool. Mm-hmm. He shoots things. That's how he gets around. He walks and he shoots and he jumps and he shoots. Uh, shows you that X can climb walls. He has, he has more mobility. He has more ways to get around. The level gets to the end. You fight a bad guy. The bad guy fucking way just lays you out. Now you ain't got a chance. There's no way you can beat me. And right when you're about to die, this fucking badass character comes out of nowhere and says, "Oh no, nah, that ain't how we do, son." And fucks that bad guy up. Cuts his arm off. Fucks yep. him up. Bye. Peace out, bitch. And he tells you, he's like, "Hey, you're leading a good fight. You got a good head on your shoulders." But you need to be strong. You need to be way stronger. And it's like, I need to be strong like you because you're fucking badass. <laughs> I don't have a sword. I don't have blonde hair. But And I can't dash. That's another thing people didn't catch on. When Zero showed up, he dashed into the picture. You can't dash. But when nope. you go in the game, you find the dash ability and then you can dash. This game, uh, it slowly builds you up to be like zero you're trying to be more powerful it's a growth process mm-hmm. uh they give you the story of this fucking bad guy that it's he's just he's turning all these robots he's got them all on his side he's he's apparently turned bad guy he's turned good guys bad and he's trying to trying to hand trying to take over the world and you fucking stop that and save the day it's when you go beyond Mega Man X and you play the sequels and the other sequels and you find out that actually the bad guy was a good guy from the get-go. This act, this all ties into our last episode now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if left, the last episode was our villain episode, wasn't it? Yes, it oh, was. Yeah. Sephiroth did nothing wrong. Yeah. Hashtag Team Sephiroth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, a- a- every character has something. Now, I-, I will say that the later X games do kind of get a bit wonky. Uh, they start getting very text dumpy-ish. But if you're looking at the story of a good guy just coming up, it does a good job. It does it in a way to where the gameplay, not just somebody telling you with text or a movie or whatever, it shows you gameplay, he's growing. He's trying to be better. He's trying to be more powerful. It saves the day. Building himself up. Yep. It's good job. Damn good job. Now, is it the, is it, you know, fucking Shakespeare in motion? Is it, a, is it a 10 out of 10 novel? Of course not. It's a fucking sh- jump and shoot man video game. Yep. Still has a good story. The more that you look into the stories of Mega Man, the, what you see is people going, okay, some people do want a story from this and we're going to give you a good story. And they do, they do a very, very serviceable job. Very good job. What else can you ask for it? If you don't like the story, fuck you. Just play the game. It's still fun. Yeah, just go die somewhere. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, wait, what? If you don't like Mega Man, <laughs> just die. You're just fucking wrong. Just, just die. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna do it for us, man. Are you gonna out? You gonna cap it with Mega Man? You just trying to tug in my heart, uh, man. Just, just grab a little strings. Trying to give me a little, little pat bit. on my head. <laughs> Uh, as always, folks, you can find us on Facebook. You can send us a message there. You can leave a comment. Uh, Adam said he was going to leave a, a link to that, uh, that, was it a Chrono Trigger? Yeah, the, uh, I'm going to link. Oh, the censoring? All yeah. the, uh, all, some of the censored things. I realize. 
It's pretty I, interesting. I realize in my past that I always say we're probably going to leak something that we never ever do. I re- I will try to get that done for us. Yeah, the anti-narcissist in me, I never listen to my own podcast. I'm the one that edits edits these podcasts, but I listen to them where I need to, and then I move on. I don't know if it's weird that I just don't want to listen to my own podcast, but it is weird. Uh, I should go weird. back and be like, oh, you yeah, should just want to listen to me. <laughs> I, I did. I was right here next. You want to you want to listen to me more, <laughs> so that when I'm not there, you can still hear me. Should have them on loop. You can find us on the Facebook page in a time cache. You can look for us there. It's probably where you. We've probably got over twenty four hours of content now. Now you can hear my voice oh, all de- the time. We definitely, we now have. Now you can hear my voice all day long. Math time. We have thirteen episodes. Fourteen if you count the bonus. Each average about three hours. You got fifteen, thirty, forty five. Well, we have a we have over four hundred something hours of. <laughs> yeah, and at least half of that is me. So. <laughs> Or forty something hours. Sorry, we're four hundred. Good God! Yeah. One day we will. Oh God! Feel. One day we're gonna be like, man, you know, we have like four hundred hours of audio content. I wonder what I said. I wonder what the fuck? <laughs> what were we doing? <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? <laughs> what were we talking? about? I wonder about? how many times we've said Chrono Cross. Oh God! <laughs> the Chrono Cross Wheelhouse Podcast. That's our new. That's right. We're rebranded. Rebranded as of tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can find us on the Facebook page. It's probably where you came to find this episode anyway. Please, please, please send us a message. Leave us a comment on the page. Give us a like if you want to. I don't know. I really care about the feedback more than I do about you going, hey, guys, good job. What I really need is people to share. If you know anybody that's interested in video games or podcasts or both, send them our way. See what they think. We typically get positive responses. Not touting our hats, not uh, putting a feather in our cap, just saying that um, some people do like us. So yeah, hopefully if you got friends that are into this, they might, they might, they might listen to it. Uh, still got a Twitter page and a time cast is on Twitter. You can, uh, Twitter page is over there collecting dust. Yep. Uh, we might, we might bail on that one cause we don't, don't really do much. Meh. We get retweeted every great now and again, but nobody like, you know, nobody loves us. Nobody twits directly at us. So I don't know. I haven't seen that as an engine of anything just yet. Uh, we also have the email. We're gonna leave that one up forever as the empty box <laughs> at the right. end of timecast at gmail.com. That's end of timecast at gmail.com. Send us an email if you don't feel like sending us one on Facebook. Usually these days everybody texts or messages or something. Really, I don't get too many emails, from, no. but other podcasts do. So we'll just so we'll just we'll just keep that up there just we'll in just case. Keep it up there just in case. <laughs> send us, uh, send us your thoughts on storylines. So what, what games had great memorable storylines to you? What ones stuck out to you? Ones that when you think about them, even to this day, you go, man, let me tell you this, this game right here, great story. We love to, we love to hear your feedback. Any comments on the stories we talked about? Uh, if you want to tell Adam that is completely wrong in his Modern Warfare 2 bashing, please, please let him know. Oh, no. <laughs> That's going to do it for tonight, folks. Thanks for listening. Tune in to the next episode coming in a week or so. We appreciate it. Till then, I'm Michael. And I'm Adam. Good night, everybody. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>